Welcome to Season 4 of the Talking Lead AK Quarter. Proudly presented by Citri Did you bring your, your rifle for show and tell? Atta boy. Turn your blur off. Turn your blur screen off. Oh, uh, I don't know how to... Yeah, can you see that now? Yes. Oh, such a beautiful weapon. Yes. I've got the uh, I've got the Victor. So what do we got, Marty? The picture you put up was of the uh, of the of the P of the standard. We're just gonna talk about all of them with the Woodstock. We're gonna talk about all of them. So that we can. So which one of you got there, Paul? Like, which who brought that in? What company? Oh, this was uh, the Sporter, the VZ2800 Sporter from Century. Okay. Century. I, I thought it was a Century, I just was making sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you've had that for how long? Oh, uh, since the first year they brought them in, so probably at least 12 years. Yeah. Oh, wow. And we brought them in earlier than that, probably 17 right. years ago, 16, 17 years ago. Well, the oh, first geez. 2000s. <laughs> Well, well, whatever, because yeah. it was when Steve Cahaya was my guy. Uh, when Steve when Steve was still working for Century, and I remember going to shot and him pulling me in the in the back and saying, "Hey, check this out. Let me show you something, little girl. We've just got these in. So, however many shot shows ago that was, yeah, it was two thousand five. They were six, probably cheap or, too, weren't they? Oh, they were." I mean, I think I paid like two ninety nine for mine. Shit. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Missed the boat on that. I want one so bad. They shoot I like just, shit, man. Huh? I don't care for them. I don't want to like. I don't. I don't give a shit how it shoots. I just I like the gun. Yeah. I mean, I have one just because I want to, you know, to have one. Because I like one. it because of the, the differences of it. Yeah. You know, People. The engineering on it. I like the engineering on it. You know, we get it as. Because of what we do, we get to touch so many different things, and we have access to so many of the, n- the new things. And, like, people ask me, like, what I want, and I've probably got, like, five guns that, like, I actually want mm-hmm. that I just can't justify purchasing. Because I know that eventually I'll probably get one dropped on my desk anyway. <laughs> You're just so waiting? Just yeah. That's the way I, I am. Just, it's like, I really want it, but if I just wait, I'll, I'll yeah. probably get it. Yeah, so like well, I want a BZ. I want like the Fostec Origin SBS, right? Like yeah. I want an M203. Like there, yeah. Like there's there's a couple, there's just a couple items that I'd really want. Like I have I have like seventeen AR15s. Like I, have, yeah, done. You know how many AK47s I have? Holy dog shit! Yeah, I, I feel I feel you, Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our listeners are cussing you right now. You're like, oh, <laughs> privilege, the life of the privileged. <laughs> oh, we're recording right now. Shit, I'm recording. Yeah, shit, I'm recording. This show hasn't man. started yet. Then that's not fair. This show, this show always start. I told you I was recording. No, I, I must have missed that one. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. oh, I'm ready when you are. We're started, buddy. We have started. So, right. Leadheads, right, welcome so- to season four, episode two. Of the Talking Lead AK Corner presented by dun, 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 Century Arms. 
There you go. <laughs> and I have... Sentry Arms is sitting right next to you, literally staring into space, not paying attention. I just didn't want to do my own introduction. You didn't want to do your own introduction? Well, that was the that was the dramatic pause, as you were supposed to say. Sentry Arms. You even gave him a hand signal. I know the people on the podcast can't see that, but like... He like put his hand. Well, right they can in front see it space. now, Curtis, because I'm videoing. That, that was just my way of saying I didn't want to introduce myself. Is that what it was? So Drew, everybody knows Drew, good buddy Drew with Century Arms joining me in studio. By the way, that's a rarity these days. Yeah, with Nashville traffic, so, it is a rarity. Appreciate you making a trip out, brother. And uh, Drew brought some goodies for us to show off and talk about today. Uh, but the main topic of the show is we're going to be talking about the VZ-58, Czechoslovakian uh, VZ-58. And to help us do that, I've brought in some excellent eggheads, I like to call them. Uh, we brought in a professor, and we brought in a scientist. <laughs> Sweet mother of God. <laughs> and dumbass Drew. And, and, and Drew. <laughs> so... So all the way from the great state of Ohio, joining us, Curtis Halstrom with the VSO Gun Channel. Curtis, welcome in. Thank you for having me. I got the call this morning. It's like, hey, can you make a show? I'm like, yeah, fine. It's like, hey, somebody canceled on me. Can you drop in? <laughs> so, I appreciate I you doing that. Sounds, early. That sounds familiar. You, Yeah, and, and Paul got that same call. Uh, I was like, hey, can you help a brother out? Uh Talking about the VZ58, you know anything about it? Paul's like, I've only had one for the last 20 years, so yeah, I, I can do it, yeah. <laughs> so, I was a solid three minutes early. So. You were. You were early to the show, too. You're anxious to mm. talk about this this VZ58. Well, so, see, here's the thing, okay? You asked me, do you know anything about a VZ58? And I'm like, I know enough to know that I want one. <laughs> And you're like sold. You're I was on. like, that's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 classifies you as an expert on talking lead. That's that classifies as expert. Oh, yeah. you you could write for many many gun blogs as an enthusiast. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm an expert enthusiast. Is what I am. I'm an I'm an enthusiast. There you go. That's that's all you got to be. So well, if you're but, if you're enthusiastic, even, you can even talk that about though. It. Even that, though, I would say that I probably have. I have at least a thousand rounds through VZ fifty eights. Okay, there you go. And I don't, and I don't own one. But all at like industry shows throughout the years, like somebody has a VZ there, I'm like, I'm gonna shoot that. Yeah, and I've Even caught, if I can't hit anything with it. I've caught some flack from some of the listeners on the post that I made building up to the. Is like VZ fifty eight. It's not an AK. It's not an AK. No, it's not an AK. But we talk about things other than AKs or that were inspired by the AK on this show also. And this is one of those this is a, one of those rare anomaly um, creations that the, the Czechoslovakians came up with. And uh, I just thought it was very interesting. And I think a lot of you uh, leadheads are going to think it's interesting too, based on the questions that you posted on the post. So uh, I think it's going to be a fun show. So I didn't get to do, Paul, the, the proper introduction. So Professor Paul Markle was student of the gun, uh, also yep. a regular of the show like Curtis. Really appreciate you guys filling in and uh, stepping in. and Because uh, I always count on you guys. That's what I love about it. No matter what I'm talking about, I know that the two of you, between the two of you, we're going to get everything we need to know and then some. <laughs> I, 
I feel like I'm I'm kind of I've kind of become a default like a fireman. People call me in an emergency. <laughs> They're like, "Hey, I I don't have anything to talk about on the show today. Can, if I if I get you on, can we talk about stuff?" That's because you but, know how to spray your hose. You know. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. We can talk about stuff. <laughs> stuff. We can talk about stuff. So for those that are watching the video, I need some dudes that can run their mouth for two solid hours. Sold. <laughs> Sold. That's it. Marty found them. <laughs> Never have a problem with them. And, of course, you know you're always welcome to call on me, but you never do. So what's, how am I supposed to take that? I don't know. Uh, just take take it like it feels, Marty. Just take <laughs> it like it feels. You know where I live. You know where I live. You have an open invite. Well, I appreciate yeah. that. And I do need to come up to, to Ohio, definitely. I'm missing it. Sure, you got all the snow up there. In? What's that? What county do you live in? Belmont. Belmont, so you're down at the bottom of the state. Yeah, well, you say bottom of the state, but the I-70 bisects the state in the center, and mm. I'm right off I-70. Do you want people knowing oh, okay. where you live? What's that? I said, do you want people knowing where you live? Do I need to edit that out? <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, it's fine. No, I mean, it's a big county. To, you don't need to edit it out. Okay. All right. They can, they can come try if they want. Now, Paul, <laughs> oh, yeah. I always forget which state you're in. Is it Montana? <laughs> how can you forget no, wisconsin wyoming. Wyoming. wyoming i'm in wyoming you know how i know that he's in wyoming i was looking for states to like potentially move to if shit goes south here in the state of ohio i was like wow wyoming looks really great and then i see a picture of paul standing in his yard in june and there's snow on the ground I'm like nope there wasn't snow in june calm down <laughs> it doesn't start snowing until september Oh, that was the snow from the the previous winter. Yeah, that melted was from yet. the spring. <laughs> it hadn't even melted yet. <laughs> you got more snow in Ohio than we got right now. We did get pounded. We got we got hit pretty hard. I saw that post that you did. Was that a recent post? Did you guys just recently get get hit with the snow, Curtis? Me? Yeah. Which post was that? I don't remember. I don't know. There was a tire track, and you were picking something out of the tire track. Oh, my gosh. I was out shooting night vision, and not all the guns that I use for demo – have expensive night vision IR layer lasers on them, right? So to be quick, I got a violet uh, laser pointer because mm -hmm. it's not very intensive and you can use it and it won't really damage your night vision. If you shine a green laser or a red laser and it bounces off of the target, the reflectance can can burn out your night vision. Yeah. Take, take parts so, off your wafer. Yeah. What's that? It'll take electrons off your wafer and give you black spots. Yeah, exactly. So if you use the the violet one, then you don't have that problem. Well, I was, I keep it in my ballast on my helmet, and I'm like fishing around. Remember, it's pitch black outside. I'm like, I can't find it. You know, I don't know where it's at. I go out to film some accuracy testing the next day, and I found the laser pointer in an F-150 track. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering what you were picking up. I was like, is that a pin? What is that? What's he doing? Yeah. Laser pointer. If you if you turn the sound on, Marty, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I was like, maybe there's not supposed to be sound. I don't know. But anyway, let's let's get into this. But before we do, Drew has uh, some things that we want to talk about. He actually has, and we talked about it last episode, the uh, Century Arms BFT AK. AKM, right? It's AKM. B BFT-47. Yeah, BFT-47 is what they call it. Uh, Century Arms' newest entry into the AK market. Yeah, so we, we briefly touched uh -huh. on it um, on the last AK Corner, but we didn't have it with us. It technically officially launched Tuesday and started shipping 
Um, we did have them at SHOT Show, so people that were at SHOT did get a chance to check it out and look at it, but it hadn't been officially launched. Um, but yeah, that's our new BFT-47. Um, the BFT stands for Bulged Forged Trunnion, so it is a forged, bulged front trunnion. Um, I'm sure, you know, in, any of the AK heads are going to be somewhat familiar th with that from the uh, the Yugo AKs. Um, besides that, we went back with a much more traditional AK, so it's got the bayonet lug, the cleaning rod, and the optics rail on it, and it's a standard AK optics rail, um, standard slant brake, um, 1.5 mil receiver. It has the extended safety lever with the bolt hole open cutout. And this one just has our standard wood furniture. Um, but it'll it'll work, you know, you can put any furniture on it you want um, that, you know, fit any of the sentry pattern guns. Did you say the extended mag release? Yeah, it's got the extended paddle mag release. Um, same as on our Visca. Can you, can you stop for a second? You said that it was, um, you said it'll take any furniture that the sentry guns will take. You're referring to an AKM spec, correct? Yeah, so our guns are Romanian spec. Okay. Um, off the Wazers, um, so that's what our guns use. So any of the stuff that will fit on any of the Romanian guns or any of the previous Sentry models will fit on this gun as well. Oh, that's right. You guys aren't doing any of the Yugo stuff anymore, are you? No, no. Zastava okay. imports them. They now have Zastava USA, and they import all their stuff um, directly now, not through Sentry any longer. Uh, I we, we still have cool. a great relationship with those guys, and you know everything's great with Zastava. Nothing bad to say about them for sure. It's just... Uh, Business-wise, it just worked better for them to start importing themselves. And the banana mags fit. Oh, yeah. Of course, U.S. Palm mags. Any, any of your standard AK mags will fit in the gun. Uh, I, I put it this way, I haven't found one that doesn't fit in it yet. And, and these, I have a lot of them. And these are shipping now? Yep, they're, they're in guns. You can buy them right now. You can buy them right now. And what is, what's the MSRP? MSRP on it, I believe, is eight thirty nine ninety nine. So they're going for twelve hundred. Nah, I think <laughs> I think I've already seen them for somewhere around seven ninety nine, seven seventy five. So yeah, very good price. Um, solid, solid rifle. Um, we've got you know we've put all kinds of rounds through them. They'll shoot anything that's commercially available. Would you say to date this is probably the most solid AK that? I, absolutely. I mean, I love built. I love the Visca platform. I've got six over sixty thousand rounds through my personal demo gun. Um, that I know about, and I've sent it off to several people, so there's more rounds than that through it. Um, the gun's tough as nails, um, but we just went ahead and, and made it that one step tougher by using the, the bulge trunnion. Um, and then, of course, it's a forged trunnion as well. Yeah. But that just takes it to, like, there's really nowhere else to go to make it any stronger than that. Um, and, you know, the, Yugos, the, the Yugoslavians, they knew what they were doing back in the day when they took the RP. Because, I mean, the bulge trunnion is basically an RPK trunnion. Um, I'm not going to say it's exactly an RPK trunnion, but they more or less took the trunnion from an RPK and put it into the platform, um, just to give it that, that extra, extra strength that you need to shoot some types of ammo that are available out there. A little extra strong. Problems. So yeah, I'm One excited about it. Mm -hmm. Durability. One more question. Is the, uh, is the trunnion, is the front trunnion manufactured in the United States? Absolutely. The whole gun is 100% U.S. made. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's no different than than the rest of our U.S. manufactured guns. They're 100% U.S. manufactured. And, and Curtis, remember we were talking about wood earlier, wood furniture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the wood furniture also has to be made in the U.S. And that's if we could get overseas wood, it wouldn't be an issue getting enough. But like we were talking about, we've been offered a lot of packages with polymer stocks and stuff like that. And you can see other other companies as well are offering a lot of polymer packages, Magpul furniture, that kind of stuff, because everybody's having trouble getting wood furniture right now. Um, so that that's part of that. If we could get it made, made overseas, it would be no problem to get it. 
but this is all has to be domestically manufactured. So, no. And you guys have done a special edition on uh, the the oh, BFT, yeah. so we're gonna yeah. Let's move on to that. Um, gonna, I'm gonna pull up my screen here, so let's talk about so what's me, going on with this. I know I don't know about you guys, but I know that me and Marty have done um, some stuff with uh, a group called Mission 22, which is uh, they like to bring awareness to the the veteran suicide epidemic. Um, myself and my fiance now Morgan, we've also done some stuff with a group called Soldier's Child, which um, helps you know children of fallen soldiers. But they're one of the a unique organization that actually also assists um, children of fallen soldiers who have committed suicide. Um, which a lot of the other charities that people don't know this don't they don't they don't consider that a combat death. Um, so they don't get the support from some of the other organizations that they do from Soldier's Child. So Century Arms has teamed up with the Josh Palata Fund. Um, Josh was actually an employee at Century Arms in Vermont, a veteran um, who worked at Century after he got back from deployments and, um, and unfortunately had some mental health issues and, and had some struggles and committed suicide. So his family started the Josh Palata Fund and the Josh Palata House um, up in Vermont to support veterans uh, for, with mental health, experiencing homelessness, just a, the variety of things that that can come um, up in someone after they get back from, uh, from combat and from serving overseas. And uh, Century Arms has built a thousand rifles um, for this organization to raise money for the Josh, Josh Palata Fund. And they are going to, um, you'll start seeing them. They're going to start shipping next month. So you hopefully we'll see them. They're going out to distributors all across the country. So they'll be available all over the place. Um, it is the BFT 47 with a Russian, red hardwood and a veteran logo emblazoned on the buttstock. Um, we don't have a price for them or anything like that. So, but I mean, they'll, I would imagine they'll probably be in the $900 range. Yeah. And um, so still pretty affordable. We're going for a good cause. Yeah, absolutely. So every, well, you know, all the, the proceeds edition. from these guns are going to the Josh Plata fund. Um, so definitely encourage people to look these guns up, um, ask your local gun shop to get you one. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of the online retailers will be offering them as well if you prefer to buy your guns online, but, um, but yeah, it's a BFT 47. Um, the proceeds are going to the Josh Plata fund and it has basically just a special set of furniture on it. Very nice. Um, and then one other thing. Oh, we, there's more, but wait, oh, but wait, there's more, but wait, there's, there's more. more. Let me stop sharing my screen here. This has nothing to do with AKs at all, but but it's just cool click stuff. Click on the wrong tab, there, Marty. I know it. somebody you don't something you don't want them to see. Get my my wiener pictures. <laughs> all right, we all right. yeah. So, so this you is, don't get that for free. This is the new Canic rival. Um, if you guys aren't aware, you know um, Century Arms is the importer for Canic pistols. Um, this is the brand new rival that we launched at Shot Show. This is a competition-ready pistol designed with Nils, our professional shooter. Uh, Nils Johannesson, if you don't know him. Um, Been on the show. Yep. It's very, very cool gun. Um, comes with all kinds of cool stuff. It's typical for mechanic when you buy it. Everything's included in the box. Um, so comes with three mags, extended magwell, um, optics-ready. Um, comes with a competition holster that is approved for competition in all the four majors. Ambi. Uh, um, the gun fits in the box for all four majors. See that holster? Um, and uh, it was designed ground up for competition. Um, so this is an out of the box pistol for under $800 that will shoot with the $2,000 custom guns. You can think agency arms, you know, think those, those type of pistols. This is, that's the level of customization this pistol has. 
We gotta loosen that up a little bit. Oh yeah, I haven't adjusted it. I just so the trigger on it. this thing is ridiculous. It's like nothing. And it breaks perfectly at 90 degrees. It's a flat trigger, breaks perfectly at 90. There's the so. reset. It's about a millimeter and a half reset, 1.2 to 1.5 millimeter reset. So it's pretty short. But it's for cool. some people, that's a long pull, though. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> That's a long trigger pull for oh, some the, people. The, the comments from SHOT Show and when the general public <laughs> rolls into your booth and the things they love to say. I love the uh, extended mag release there. That's, yeah, and, that's and really again, nice. with all the other Century guns in the Mete series, it, it's going to come with the option for three different height magazine um, releases as well. So that's the the long one. You can go to a flush one if you want to carry it. Yeah. Um, it also comes in what's called the Canic Rival Dark Side, which is just an all-black version. But the all-black version does have a different optics mount. So if you're using this strictly for competition, um, this one, the plate and the rear sight are removed for the optic. On the dark side, the rear sight stays when you take off the plate and will co-witness with your red dot on the dark side. So if that's something you're interested in, you definitely want to get the dark side pistol. If the you're straight up looking for a, for a competition gun, then then the uh, Canic Gray one. Are these, are these like specific... Star Wars references. Do you guys do that on purpose? Because this looks like a Mandalorian. It's kinda. it's called the Rival. It's not called the Mandalorian. Yeah, but it looks like it. I, I, and then your dark side you, one. You next time you have Nils on, Luke, ask him. Luke, come to the dark side. Ne next time Nils is on, you can ask him that because I think he came up with that. Were stuff. you getting that feel, Paul? Were you getting the Star Wars feel? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm actually just trying to look at the uh, shit right now. Pulling it up on the webs. I, I'm I'm actually going to the. I went to the site. <clears throat> and did you discuss price on those? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you, I, you, they're under eight hundred dollars for sure. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, different people will be selling for different prices, so yeah. I don't ever like to say it costs this much amount of money because if you're any even remotely in the gun industry, you know that prices can wildly vary from sure. dealer to dealer. Oh, people, get, I get that all the time. People say. How much does that cost, man? I'm like, I don't know. Where are you going to buy it from? Exactly. <laughs> the other thing that's really interesting to see is um, how you a company will set MSRP on an item, and depending on the cycle, as well as the demand, as well as ammo and several other things, several other like um, uh, importation and various other things, uh, how it performs on the street versus the uh, the MSRP is is I think something that particularly in the last two years you've seen wild fluctuations oh yeah it's oh been yeah. insane as usual yeah but, yeah but I mean it's it's been but don't manufacturers have really some crazy. say so and like hey you can't sell this for no that's that's amount. not it's not legal that'd be price fixing you can't I can't tell a dealer what he can sell something for that's illegal we can't say yeah. you have to sell this gun for this price. You Good can't answer. do that. We can we can map products such as the Canic product has a minimum advertised price. Yeah. Which all that is is if they're going to make an advertisement, they're not allowed to advertise. I guess it that's what I'm talking about. Below man. below a certain yeah. price. Yeah, because, but as far as selling it, because some places will say if you want to see the price, you got to put it in your cart. Yeah. You exactly. Know, and that's kind of that's deal. to get around a map violation. You're not allowed to advertise. Yeah. A specific you know below usually a it's lower. Price. You know usually it's a lower price, but. In some oh, cases, yeah. like yeah, yeah, for sure. Curtis was saying, you know, it just depends on yeah, it depends the on the, it depends on the market. It and could that's, be could be higher. Yep, could be a lot higher. Yeah, like a really good example. Um, you were talking 
uh, I think you were talking you were talking about the uh, the the custom gun that you guys did for the for the charity a few minutes ago mm-hmm. will likely outperform MSRP. Absolutely, because there's only a thousand of them being made. Exactly, and it's for charity purposes. Versus the base gun will almost always underperform MSRP when you find it in the store. Yeah, especially yeah. when you when there's quantities available like we manufacture. Yeah. So, you know, there's there'll be thousands and thousands of them in the market. Tons, tons of guns. Yeah. 500. Yeah, but I, I 500 remember a year. when the, uh, the PSL was 17.99 MSRP. Do you want to know how much I paid for my PSL? No. I bought one back but, in probably like 99 or 2000. Mm-hmm. I think it was like $450. Oh, I remember when when back in the the good old days when you could get Norinkos. Oh yeah. The the Norinko uh version of the dragon off. oh the the dragon and the tiger <coughs> yeah. they had two the dragon and the they tiger, the tiger. I, I have the tiger yep the you tiger. have the tiger yeah. i have the tiger yep. yeah i got that back in the 90s i bought it from ben kazaya at classic firearms a little shout out for ben that's how long i've known that guy wow wow do you invite him to the wedding yeah oh he will be <laughs> um but all let right me, one more throw oh Let's, wait wait one Let's, more one more throw but right wait quick. there's more okay from century arms u.s palm just no, want to want to throw out the polycarb mags. It's actually going to be our giveaway. We're going to give away a ten pack of polycarb mags. No, he uh, meant a five pack. <laughs> five of them. Marty, yeah. come on, bro. Come on, <laughs> you got to care about the, the, the lead. I do. Out there. They're getting all ten of them. I know. But yeah, They're that's going to be the giveaway them. today. So that's a polycarb mag. It's a U.S. Palm Pattern magazine. Um, we started making them last year in polycarb. This one has got the FDE ba- uh, base plate. We also sell them with the black base plate if you prefer that. But it's just cool. You can see your rounds. Um, it, just, it looks good. They run good. Smoky. Um, they run like the rest of the U.S. Palm mags, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, and, you know, comparison. Yeah. those mags are about 15 bucks. So very, very nice. Very good mag. Um, definitely uh, get out there. If you need some new AK mags, hit your local shop and look for some polycarb mags. And one lucky leadhead is going to get 10 of these. This episode. Yes. So when we do the listener questions at the end of the show, we're going to give away that. We're going to give away a care package from Seal One, CLP. One lucky leadhead will get complete care kit with all their cool stuff from Seal One. Uh, it's got the microfiber. It's got the brush. It's got three or four different forms of delivery of their product to keep your AKs rust-free. Uh, and then also, you get this crap off this. We're going to be giving away a dump tray from Mission First Tactical. And it'll probably more than likely have this kind of logo on it. The Talking Lead AK Corner. Some variation of that. Or that. And 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 our guests are going to get one too. Yay! Yay! Oh, cool. I'm awake now. Okay, so speaking of, speaking of that... Back it up a little bit, because now you've opened the door, Drew. Uh-oh. <laughs> you've oh. now opened the door, because now you've said, okay, we're now making the U.S. Palm mags in different yes. materials. Yes. When's the Bakelite coming? <laughs> so, we have the Bakelite orange-colored grip. It's not made out of Bakelite, obviously. No, 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 no. Um, no, it has to be made out of Bakelite. That's never That's coming. illegal. That's <laughs> never going to happen. That's not happening. Yeah. I think that's illegal these days. See, see, see. A lot of people don't know that. That's what I was going Asbestos. For. You're going to have to go to Ukraine to get those. <laughs> or you could make your own. You could go uh, refurbish a you know 1920s house. 
and get the asbestos from it. Yep. <laughs> it's some gnarly stuff. But yeah, I would love I would love to be able to make big like mags or even make like a I mean, truthfully, a lot of people have come out with bake light style mags, but they always look like shit. Um, and the color's never right, and the texture's never right. But if somebody really one? wanted to spend the time, I feel like you could come up with a freaking bake light. You just had one. Mag. Where's it at? There's a reason they're so expensive, people. Oh yeah, it's because you can't make them here. Yeah, here's a real. You can't make them a lot of places. places. Yeah, anywhere in the European Union either. Here's a real Bakelite mag. This is what they're talking about, ladies. And most of you listeners, I know you know what we're talking about. So that uh, that subject comes up every show. Oh, no, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every show, I don't get the the Bakelite question. I just don't. Where can get I get some cheap Bakelites? You can't. What cheap Bakelite in cheap? the same sentence? What? You get it right now. The price that it is right now is the cheapest that you're going to ever see it again. So because yeah, they it always go up. Yeah. Buy them now. But honestly, and and I'm saying this as a very dedicated AK person, like my entire life I've been shooting AKs. I don't give a flying flip about freaking Bakelite magazines. They don't work any better. They don't work any better than any other magazine. It's strictly cosmetic. So just so you leadheads who can't afford them. It is not strictly cosmetic. Let me explain. It's part of a political movement. It's part of a political movement. You get to simultaneously have your AK magazines your 30 round ak magazines and thumb your nose at the environmentalist movement <laughs> in the epa right yes how about this how about this for every u.s paul mag i'll go rev up my my v8 blazer and puff some smoke <laughs> out <laughs> if that's why what? you're buying bake light mags i can help you i'll go cut a tree I'm gonna, down i'm gonna so sell we, reverse got, carbon yeah. credits yes we've got we've got drew staying there with a stopwatch and a brick <laughs> put it on his accelerator yes. <laughs> 20 seconds for every u.s paul mag you buy we're gonna do <laughs> yep, negative yep. negative carbon foot uh credits yeah I like, that. <laughs> I, like I think that there's a i think there's a campaign in there for you guys i'm not gonna <laughs> dig it out for you but you need to take that home and chew on it and andrew is joking since your arms fully supports the environment we love the environment um blah 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 blah, blah. all right let's get into the vz58 let's do it <laughs> we can talk more about bakelite hey it's right. really more substantially more environmentally friendly yes i don't know because the mags are the, aluminum but the furniture isn't and the furniture is made with Bakelite. Yep. So we'll talk about that. So the VZ58. Is that Bakelite? I don't think that's Bakelite. Uh, yeah. It's, I don't know. It's sort of Bakelite. So it's it is Bakelite. So Your, the, yours yeah. is not, Paul. Yours is wood. We'll get into it. I'll tell Mine's you. Wood. I'll yeah, tell you the original, the Czechoslovakians furniture is made with Bakelite. And we'll talk about that. So. Uh, here we go. The VZ58. It's a 7.62x39 rifle designed and manufactured in Czechoslovakia and accepted into service in the late 1950s as the. I got to put my glasses on, Drew. <laughs> you old bastard. As the 7.62mm Samopal Vizor 58, which is basically the 7.62mm submachine gun model 1958, is what that means. Uh, it replaced their VZ-52 self-loading rifles, which is uh, when Drew and I were talking earlier, those are kind of like the SKSs, right? Very, it's similar, very to, the similar to the SKSs. Yeah. And they're 7.62 by 25 millimeter Tokarov, SA-24 and SA-26, 
submachine guns, which we were talking also, and those were similar to the uh, PPS. Well, one of, one of them is similar to it. Yeah, one of them is similar to the the PPS-43, which we have here. Uh, chambered in that, that caliber 762 by 25. This is a 9mm one I'm showing right here. And that's Polish. It's it's definitely different, but similar. But similar. You got the pistol, Marty? Yeah. yeah. For, some, for some reason, I can't see you guys' screens, so it doesn't matter. Have I not but, shared uh, it? Did I stop sharing my screen? When you shared oh, the screen uh, earlier, I, see I can see it, but... Okay. But then when you unshared it, I couldn't see it anymore. So whatever. Whatever. You're your, so, uh, your stinking Apple phone, dude. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. But anyway, yeah, continue. Uh, I'm ready to talk when you're ready to listen. Uh, jump in anytime. Jump in anytime. I'm just well, kind of getting it getting it started here. Well, all right. Here's here's my take on it. Uh, the checks, and, and you're going to get in trouble. People are going to yell at you. Uh, every time I say Czechoslovakia, at least one person writes me a nasty gram that it is not, and it is called the Czech Republic, Public. and get it right. Yeah. I'm like, look, dude, I was in the Cold War, and it was freaking Czechoslovakia when I was in the Cold War, so suck it. Um, but these guns technically were made in Czechoslovakia. Uh, the interesting thing about them is they're way lighter, generally, than, well, of course, I got the paratrooper model, the airborne model, but yeah. still. Even the, uh, the full furniture one, yeah. Is lighter than a standard AK, uh, but it does have a machined, fully machined receiver. And they generally, if you look at them, they're, they're basically, you know how the AK is universally ambidextrous mm -hmm. uh, for the most part with the release? This is apparently most people in the Czech Republic or Czechoslovakia were right-handed because uh, they put the mag release on the left side so you could hit it with your left thumb. And then the uh, the safety is actually kind of weird when it's when it's straight up and down, it's on safe, and you have to pull it towards you for semi-auto. Yeah. So well, you flip it down when it's straight straight up and down, it's safe, and, and it's, you flick it towards you. And it obstructs your grip when it's for, down for on semi. safe. On safe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When it's on safe, you can feel it with your finger. Right. And I, I was told they, that that's why they did that. That was by design so that they So you could feel it with gloves on or right. mittens or whatever. Right. Yeah, and then you pull it towards you. And you yeah, pull uh, it back. The, another yeah. big bitch that Americans have is the magazines. Because they are, because these guns do not take AK magazines; they take VZ58 magazines, uh, and they're similar. But the, the 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 neat difference is they have this weird ridge on the back of them, mm -hmm. and that weird ridge is your immediate indication if you've got AK mags and VZ58 mags laying in a box or whatever. That's your immediate indication that that's not an AK mag. Mm -hmm. Is that offset ridge in the back? The angle's a little bit different, too. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, optimized. Talking about the curvature? It, it, yeah, yeah. If you threw them down, like if you had a bunch of these in a box, it'd be hard to tell the difference uh, until you pulled them out. Uh, and then the, my, at least my, my gun has a slant break on it, and mine did come with a bayonet. The bayonet on this is – do you have a bayonet with yours, Marty? Uh, the one, The pictures of the one I was showing? Oh, do you don't have a VZ fifty eight? I don't have a VZ fifty eight. I want oh. one. I'm like Curtis. So I want one, but I don't. The, have one. the bayonet actually installs from the back. Yeah, and it pushes forward, 
and then to take it off, you pull it backwards, unlike every other bayonet on planet Earth almost, Yeah, uh, which is kind of weird. It's got uh, a locking mechanism on it that locks it yeah, into place. Yeah, it's got place. this a strange locking mechanism. You put it under the barrel and shove it forward, and it clicks. Yeah. I've got, uh, a, I've got a picture of that. While you're talking about that, I'll pull it up. So keep talking. So I have things to, I have things to add really quick. Really quick, I looked up the percentage of wrong-handed people in the world is 10%. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so the checks were basically says, Comrade, you are not allowed to be left-handed. So um, I, I'm okay with that because all people should be right-handed anyway. So it's, it's fine. They, I have questions, though, uh, about this. You said it's got a slant break on it. What is the threading? Because I'm coming from the perspective of somebody who really wants one of these guns but haven't ha- has not had well, a good this, opportunity to purchase one. I don't one. know if these were imported. I'm, this is this is standard um, one by fourteen left hand. Okay, fourteen by one left hand. Okay, yeah, fourteen one, one by four left hand met or Russian. Now I don't know if that was done for the import and if that was original or not. Those are U.S. manufactured uh, barrels. The kits okay, did not so come in with barrels. Okay, so the U.S. manufactured barrels. Yeah. From the so, um, Century Arms ones. Yeah, the Century Arms. So, yeah, yeah. The B2000s. Yeah, this, this came in as the VZ-2008. Uh, it's basically a semi-auto version of the VZ-58. Yeah. So, that, so that's built off a parts question, kit. So to continue my question, since that is an American-made barrel, Drew, is that is that one-to-one with what the checks were doing? And I knew you were just about to ask me that question, and I truthfully had never thought about it, and I have no idea. So okay. I, will, I, can, I can't imagine. I know who I can find know. out. I, I can't imagine that they Texas. wouldn't, because um, it'd be kind of weird to, to – because they were going to use metric. There's there's no doubt they were going to use metric. Yeah, for sure. And why would they say – of course, you know, the checks are weird. they got to have their own thing. Exactly. That's, um, why, I'm, that's why I'm not going to say yes or no right now. It, it, it could have been something funky. Yeah. Uh, but you know who knows. Uh, the the interesting thing about the uh, the ejection port is it's the entire top of the gun. So when, when you're talking about and, and the rounds for this come out and go almost ex- straight, straight up, up, straight up. Straight they, up. They go, I've been hit on the head with brass, just like an SKS. They uh, with, pretty much with, shoot just with like my an SKS. own brass. The extractor's yeah, at just, one o'clock on the bolt. Yeah. Around the one o'clock. So it's it's whoop, straight up. Where is the ejector? Is the ejector then at one o'clock? Uh, like six six o'clock? Yep, it's exactly six o'clock. Okay, it's six o'clock or one. O'clock? And these are bolt hold open magazines too. Unlike an AK, the checks decided they needed to be able to hold their hold them open. So, and that's um, that was also so they could use stripper clips to load them. Yeah, there is. That's a very good oh, point, Marty. Yeah, there is a a stripper clip cut on the bolt. Hold on, let me sh- let me stop sharing this. If you look real close or you share it, yeah, there's a stripper clip cut on the bolt. There's a cutout right there that you can see. So yeah, so technically you could leave this magazine in, take your seven six two by thirty nine stripper clip. Professor, will you throw it, that back up there now that he's so, so, so that he's shove the, it down in there. The, uh, the stripper clip. Show him the, uh, the stripper yeah, clip. Yeah, there you go. And that's a slot for standard SKS strippers. Is it yep. standard SKS? Okay, cool. Yep. Yep. That was my next question. You cut me off. I'm literally yeah. sitting here typing my questions <laughs> for when I get a breath. <laughs> there you go. 
Because that's how it happens. Like these shows take off, and I've got like fifteen questions, and I'm uh, back to the magazine real quick too, Paul. Um, just so everybody knows, those magazines are also made out of aluminum. So when you yeah, pick one up, aluminum. you instantly know it's not an AK mag because it's way too yeah. light to be a steel AK mag. Yeah, yeah, they are aluminum, um, and they're actually they're. Not that badly priced in the secondhand market. I mean, they're not free, and they're not like you know buying P mags, but they're not terrible either. So what what are they what are they currently running? Because like, I think I the last time I bought some, they were about twenty nine bucks. Okay, yeah, they're still in the thirty dollar range. When Century imported those kits, they imported just buku loads of magazines, um, gotcha. just massive quantities of magazines. So there's a lot in the market. Um, there's, they're not cheap. Like, like Paul said, they're not super cheap, but they are available. It's not like trying to get a Galil mag and they're 200 bucks, you know? Yeah. Right. So what I've got on the screen right now is a picture of the furniture that I was talking about. So mm -hmm. they originally were made with this type of wood bake light press board. Pre it's, yeah. Press board mix. It's like that a fiber board. So environmentally unfriendly thing I've seen this week, and it's beautiful. So I what it is, it. it's literally wood chips mixed with Bakelite. They made That's they made fantastic. big planks of it, it's a big old barrel, and just stirred it up in yeah. there. And, and they mixed wood chips we, with the Bakelite just to make, give it a little bit more structure. And um, honestly, I think they probably did it because it's cheaper. If you have half we, of its wood oh, chips, yeah. we yeah. took trees and ground them up into little bits, and then mixed it with one of the most toxic substances ever <laughs> produced by man and pressed it into a into a gun stock i love I it. it yeah just love and it. yeah i, I changed so ugly it is so ugly i must have it <laughs> and, and i, I kind of wish now for the sake of continuity that i didn't but the the apparently checks have small hands because that that grip is tiny um that grip is small compared to an ak grip yeah oh well, so the I, whole I mean, gun itself. I'm guessing the checks in the 50s were little guys or something. The whole gun in it itself is smaller than the AK. The barrel is a shorter oh, barrel. It's 15 and a half somewhere around there inches long. The it's narrower. It's not as as wide. Uh, and then of course, as you were saying, it, the whole thing is just lighter uh, compared to an AK-47. And um, I was going somewhere with this. The, uh, Which is amazing, considering that uh, a lot of AK-47s are uh, stamped trunnion guns. And this, mm -hmm. is, yeah, right. this is a, this is a, a and this is a milled. It's a full. They're they're fully. Yeah, milled. it's a milled milled receiver gun. Yeah. In fact, milled. in the screen share that you're seeing, you can even see like the child labor um, uh, <laughs> marks where they like literally went in and like machined that by hand yeah. with a file. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so I will. Right I will throw. But a couple I think things the reason. The just, yeah, one second. But the, I think the reason that they did this was if you look at the, the the rifles that they were replacing, the submachine gun and and their rifle. This is a kind of a in between size battle rifle that they came up with. And so it, and again, you know, they combined two guns. Yeah. Yeah, you know, this was back when the Warsaw. Pact was getting together and forming, and they, you know, the standardization of the 7.62 by 3.9 millimeter, and the Czechs, you know, hating the Russians as much as they did, the Soviets as much as they did, it was like, we'll comply as much as possible, but, you know, we're going to do our own thing kind of deal. It's kind of a thumb to them, too, and in, in redesigning the whole thing. I mean, we'll, we'll get into the internals of it here in a little bit, too, but go ahead. 
Um, so just just so everybody's clear, Marty was talking about the barrel length. And, of course, we all know in the U.S. that you have to have a 16-inch barrel. The original VZs, yes, did have a 15-inch point-something barrel. But the U.S. manufactured guns, the ones that were imported, the ones that were built, they all have 16 and a quarter inch barrels. So when you see a VZ2000 or something in the market, and you're going to be like, well, Marty said it had a 15-inch barrel. The ones in the U.S. have 16.25-inch barrels. Well, they have, yeah, and they have yeah. to be. And if they import them with the 15, then they have to pin and weld. That, that's why none of those kits came in with barrels. Yeah, the break. Um, that's why even back in the day when you could still bring in parts kits with barrels, those the barrels were useless because they were too short. Yeah. So um, the weight is 6.42 pounds. The length, 33.3 uh, inches, uh, with the stock extended 636-millimeter, 25-inch stock folded. So okay, so yeah, definitely all of the measurements are uh, NFA territory. Yeah, yeah, and then the receiver is obviously like we just said is milled, but if you look at that receiver, it is so much slimmer than an AK receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, that, yeah. and that's where the weight reduction is is not necessarily because of the material the receiver is made out of. It's because that receiver is a lot thinner than an AK receiver. It's actually more or less the height profile of an SKS receiver. Um, it's longer, but the same pretty much height profile. So it's, it's pretty interesting um, gun in general, the way that it was manufactured. And if any of you lead heads are familiar with the SKS, a lot of this is pretty much an SKS design. You look at how the bolt locks into the, the bolt carrier. You look at the piston. Um, you look at a lot of the pieces in there, including the literally the SKS stripper clip cut in the top of the bolt. Um, it's very, very, very similar to the SKS and honestly to the predecessor, the ZZ58, which is the VZ52. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 really kind of just an amalgam of two different designs that they just mash together. Um, but very cool. And then um, the history behind why the Czechs did it, it was really because of the ammunition. Um, 7.62 by 45 was what the Czechs were using. They were not using standard Warsaw Pact ammo. This pissed the Russians off to no end. And eventually, by the 1950s, they pressured the Czechs into switching to 7.62 by 39. They obviously didn't have a gun that shot it, so they had to design a new gun because they didn't want to use the standard Warsaw Pact AK, AKM pattern. So that's where the VZ-58 came from. They honestly probably would have never switched from the 52, except they had to change caliber. Um, so it was definitely... Um, there was a lot of political pressure behind the the whole reason behind the VZ fifty eight is honestly political, um, and that was well. Just, and look at them now. Oh yeah, absolutely. The 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 the, uh, the Brino, uh, their current rifle is NATO five five six. Yep. So. Yeah, they're currently, uh, but they're still they're still using this quite a bit. But like you said, they did switch over to that. And then now, now the Slovakian army is purely VZ-58 still to this day. The Slovakian mm. army has they there there's talk of them switching over to the uh, um. We you just said it, Paul, and my brain went blank. The Bruno, the Bruno, the Bruno, yeah, the Bruno. Um, so the Bruno. there is talk of the Slovakians switching to that, but currently the Slovakia that's still their official rifle is the VZ-58. Here it is. Bruno. Well, there there is a lot of there is a lot of movement towards the um, the uh, like if you look at, even at the lineage of the of uh, the Soviet rifles, they did go from a thirty caliber projectile to a twenty caliber projectile. Mm-hmm. So, like, there is a lot of movement in that direction because the ammunition is lighter. Um, 
it stacks different, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There, there are reasons for, for doing that from a from not only a supply issue, but also a, a, an infield Yeah, thing. absolutely. And so, I think and the only reason the Slovakian army is still using them is literally money. <laughs> they can't afford them. to buy new ones. They're there. Yeah, they have them, and they don't have money to buy new ones, so that's what they're using. And they, they probably still work. So. I'm sure they do. They're rugged, yeah. rugged critters. Yeah. So there, there are what, several. Go ahead. Oh no! What I what I think is interesting about the history of this is if you you got Warsaw Pact on one side, mm-hmm. then you had NATO on the other side, right? And so NATO in the early '50s comes up with the seven six two by fifty one NATO, and they tell all their, you know, so now they tell all their their uh, you know allies, all the the signing members, hey. Your battle rifle has to be 7.62 by 51 NATO. So what, what did they do? Well, the Belgians got hot, and they developed what? The FNFAL. And everybody's like, ooh, that's cool. And so Belgians, Belgium says, we're going to license that to everybody who's in NATO. They license it to Canada. They license mm-hmm. it to Austria. They license it to uh, the U.K. You know, um, there's like, what, five, five or six different licenses. And, of course, in South Africa – um, but everybody but Germany, Germany had to come up with the, with the HK 93. They had to do their own. Well, they bought it from the, so, from the Spanish. Well, yeah, they, the Spanish and they've working on set me, uh, with German engineers in yeah. Spain. Oh yeah. Uh, so while, so that's my, my point is so on, on the NATO side, almost everybody said, yeah, this FN gun, we love it. Let's all make it. Let's make license copies of it. We're all good. Then on the Warsaw Pact side, Soviet Union, they're like, hey, we got the AKM. We're going to license it to everybody, you know, the Poles and the Czechs. And the, and the Czechs are like, no, stop. We're going to make our own gun. Everybody else is, they're like, we're just going to take the Soviet patent and go crazy. And, well, and, so, and to add to that, there were lots of, there was other ones that did that too. It wasn't just the Czechs. Like if you look at like the, uh, to a lesser extent than the Czechs did, but like if you look at the Yugo guns. Um, none of the Yugo pattern stuff is compatible with any of the other pattern. But it's not a drastically uh, different design. It, it is, yeah, it, but it's still an AK. Yeah, it's still it, you're, you're it still takes AK magazines. But they, they 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 the difference is I I believe is that they didn't want to pit, they didn't want to piss in the Cheerios of so of Soviet Russia nearly as hard as the as the, as uh, the Czechs, Czechs did. did. Yeah. Okay, they're like, hey, we're gonna do our own thing. Because we don't like you, but we don't really want you to come over here. Okay, <laughs> so or they were just lazy and they didn't want to go to the the extent that the checks did. Either that, I don't. I wasn't there. I don't know the actual extent yeah. of, of that. It's probably more likely their machines wouldn't do what what the what the what the Soviets wanted them to do, and that's why the Yugo pattern is completely different. But. Probably just a mistake. The guy wasn't wearing his glasses that day. Yeah, that could be it too. Like literally, like you know, you got a dude that has like a like an eighth grade or a fourth grade education reading. You put an designs. eight instead of a six down, and uh, yeah, you just offended every Yugoslavian out there. No, I was just I've, no, I offended yeah, people who can't see anymore. like I'm myself. No, I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking like they don't listen to the look, show anyway. No. I'm talking. I'm talking. You got to remember the time period. You have to. You have to remember the time period. Oh, yeah, Literacy sure. rates in the in the 50s were not nearly as high as they are today. No, especially not in the Eastern Bloc. 
Yeah, especially in the Eastern Bloc. That's not that's not me being mean. That's me being historically accurate. I agree. And glasses were expensive. Come on, let's face it. Yeah. Not everybody had glasses. All right. I need glasses. I don't have them. <laughs> I did, I need just to read with. Shut up, Andrew. <laughs> Ye- Jaeger has me convinced that I need to go get LASIK. Dude, you should do it. I did it. You're still wearing glasses, though. Just for, just just for old close as shit. up. <laughs> La- LASIK doesn't fit fix the uh, close-up stuff. It helps you. Yeah, my, mine's. A I can see. Problem. Yeah, I can see a mile away. Well, just fine. mine is a mine is a um, mine's an astigmatism problem. Yeah, that's what I had. Too. Bless you. I had an astigmatism. Uh, bless you. People <laughs> had a cataract like, and an astigmatism. I remember when the the Trigicon MRO came out. People showed it to me. They're like, "Wow, it's the greatest red dot ever! Look at how crisp the dot is!" And I'm like, "It looks like shit." Yeah. <laughs> it's got pointy it's things coming out like, of it. It looks like a UTG to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, they, they all look the same. This one's just got a smaller bloom than the last one. Yeah. You know? So I made a video some some um, probably a year ago about how red dots on pistols are dumb. Everybody hated it, but if I'm completely intellectually honest the reason why i hate red dots on pistols is because i can't see it you can't freaking see <laughs> yeah, i can't why. see that's the reason why i don't not everybody's blind like you well yeah. i can tell you lasik's not going to help your close-up vision so as long as long as it's just for the far away and they can do something where one can focus closer and the other does that and that's what they did on mine so can they fix astigmatism though yeah that's the real problem yeah okay yeah that's what they do yeah. on mine. yeah I mean, like I roll up to a stoplight at night, and it's just like a, it's it's like a Jim Henson light show, man. Yeah. Like it, wait, wait yeah. until you get it done. It makes you... it a lot better. It doesn't completely take that away, but yeah, it makes it a lot better. It's a world of difference. It's like a a whole new world. Oh. <laughs> we really went down a rabbit hole with this one, Marty. Even for talking lead, this one's way out. Oh, Back on yeah. track I'm now sorry, with the VZ58. Um, so. <laughs> What we were discussing, what we were discussing, the barrel? No, we weren't discussing the barrel. The history we were talking about. A little bit of the history, yeah. Why 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 it was, and what was going on in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think we did a pretty good job, kind of, kind of bringing that into play. So now, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, Professor, but the the long stroke piston that is in the VZ is a shorter throw than your traditional uh, AK. Yeah, the the firing impulse of this gun, if you're an AK guy and you shoot one of these, the firing impulse is going to strike you as weird. It's it just I don't know, it's different. Uh it's going to feel it's going to feel different to you. The fire's bad, completely different. Just yeah. just different. The whole internal mechanism, I mean, and I've got it up yeah. on the screen right now. So So the 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 big difference that I see from someone who has uh some kind of uh, background where we talk about uh, energy distribution in the in the AK you basically have a piston that is pinned into place that wobbles around in the bulk carrier group right. is, is, is the piston in the VZ pinned no it's not attached to the bulk no, carrier no, it is not attached it works like an no, SKS no, the piston's a push rod like a, like you're like a Okay, piston, that's what I that's what I thought. Yeah, like a piston AK or a piston AR. Uh, it's a it's yeah it it's free floating. It's up here and it just it comes back and forth. It 
Okay. Yeah. So what? What? And that explains how. Um, because, like I said, I've, I've shot a fair amount of ammunition through VZs, but I don't own one, so I've never had one apart in my hands. But when I look at a, um, when I look at that design, I see a an energy leak where you've got a thing that's moving really fast, and it and it compresses a spring and then smashes into another piece, it, and then exactly that's exactly how it works. The gas and, bleeds yeah, off that, on a solid that rod. Is, that is purposefully inefficient because when you when you have when you have two two bodies of mass and you accelerate one and it hits another one, you have an energy leak there, and then because of that leak, your impulse is that much less than if you've got the whole thing bound together. Yeah, they bleed. Right. They bleed off way more gas than an, AK, than an AK does. And I know I keep bringing this up, but the reason I keep bringing it up is because it really does work the same way as an SKS. the 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 basic function of the rod to the bolt works the same way as an SKS. Um, the VZ does have these return springs that make it a little softer shooting um, underneath the bolt that are hooked to the basically to the dust cover more or less, um, mm -hmm. and um, that help it. Sorry, that make it go forward and and make it a little softer shooting than an SKS. But you're right, Curse. It is an energy waster. It literally just takes a rod and it hammers that rod into a solid bolt carrier, which then yeah. carries everything backwards. Um, and, and like then, speaking of the springs, yeah, having two springs versus one is is another one of those. Again, you you've distributed the the um, the uh, the return. Or you've distributed the spring force over. That's one of the reasons we have uh, dual coiled springs and some pistols and things like that. Even though that's less energy wasting than having two separate springs that are spatially um, distributed, you you again waste energy on purpose. Yep. Which is the whole purpose of a recoil system. So. Yep. Yeah. Beautiful. Love it. So this is uh, the forgotten weapons guy. I'm just kind of he's going through breaking it down, showing the parts. It's a good video. Oh, is this Ian? Yeah. yeah. You, should be a hand model. He does. Yeah, have a hand model. But he does yeah, a good, go. good, good job breaking down the parts. Next here. time I see Ian, I'm going to tell him he should be a hand model. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for so, for the folks that are just listening to the podcast, though, what what Ian's doing right now in this video is he's disassembling the bolt and the bolt carrier system and just kind of demonstrating how it works. Um, it is three pieces instead of two pieces like an SKS is, but it still works the same way. It's literally just a friction lock bolt, which, and again, back to what we were, what we were saying, That's not it. when you, when you segment pieces of uh, bodies of mass in a bolt, um, having three pieces versus two, even if they weigh the same collectively, then you again, wasted energy so when you shoot a vz the difference is uh, a lot of times when you shoot an, an ak even a properly gassed ak there's a there's a, a decent recoil impulse i'm not going to say that it's a 308 impulse or a 300 wind mag impulse but you know that there's you know that you're shooting a rifle versus when you're shooting like a lot of the the gucci ars nowadays there's no the the gun almost recoils forward particularly if it's got a can on the end of it or anything like that but generally speaking you're shooting a stock ak 
there's a little bit of joy factor in the recoil impulse. When you shoot a BZ, it's completely different. Paul, it, you it, shot both. You shot SKSs. You you know you shot your your VZ there. How how do you compare them? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I said, there's there's definitely a different felt recoil uh, for the VZ than from an AK. Uh, it, it's it's and and it, they're super manageable. You know, even though it's a light gun, it's super manageable. Uh, and and of course, you got that weirdness of the brass going straight up. Uh, like straight up in front of your face over your head um but uh yeah this this gun be even only six and a half pounds 6.4 pounds uh is is easily controllable and you know that you brought something up uh just now uh curtis about people shooting ars the 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 modernization of the and the availability of the ar-15 the fact that so many people have gotten a hold of them been able to shoot them uh, has really ruined the pseudo American male for shooting actual rifles. <laughs> <laughs> I can agree with this. Uh, I, I, I cannot well. agree with you more. People, people go to their ears. Like, the Vulcourt's oh, in. Oh man, that that like I had the FN, the FAL, and they're like, yeah, but man, it recoils. I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> you, know, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You know, I'm a yeah. big board junkie. Okay, like the the bigger the bore, the better in my in my mind. So like, for I know exactly what you mean because I've handed like, like the whole reason I have a fifty Action Express Desert Eagle is because I like the gun to almost kick me in the face when I shoot it. Right? Like there's like a there's a there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of an edge factor to that. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, um you're right in that the AR has made it so easy because it is a very linear operating system with a huge freaking spring that's this tunable with different brakes or uh, not brakes uh buffers and all that sort of stuff when you go to the rawness of something like an AK there's a there's a an allure to that to some of us well and and you know when I grew up when I, you know, when I was a teenager, a rifle was a, like a, like a, a bolt gun. You know, if you hit, you know, that was in the days of the .30-06. And, you know, I shot .30-06 bolt guns, and I thought, oh, man, that's that's a kick. And it is a kick. Um, but today, like I said, the, the pseudo-American males today, you give them a, an AK, and they're talking about, oh, the kick. And I'm like. Calm down, hippie. Lean forward. <laughs> the, the, the best one. The best Go one is when take off those I fruit take, boots. Um, like city slickers out, and they show me their shoulder, and they've got like a little contusion on their shoulder from shooting, like a, a stock AK with like a a metal butt plate or something like that. I'm just like, what? What? They're, they're, they're actually showing you their shoulder. Look yeah, at my boo-boo, Curtis. Forward, hippie. <laughs> yeah, it's because they don't know how to hold a gun or shoot it. Look at my boo-boo. Yeah, lean forward, hippie. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, no, that's a real thing. That is a real thing. And that's out and of 7.62 by 39. That's not even a real caliber. Yeah, I mean, uh, the real calibers start at 308 and go up. Yeah. Word. You know, it. And now, personally, personally, you mentioned 30 out 6. I really don't like 30 out 6. But I don't like 30 out 6 not because of the recoil impulse. I actually quite much enjoy the recoil impulse from like a grand or something like that. For sure. I think I dislike 30 out 6 from a modernization standpoint. 
um, because I've become spoiled on modern cartridges like 308. Mm. And so, like, I appreciate the lineage, but in my opinion, and this is going to get me a lot of heat, um, 30 out 6 is an outdated cartridge. Yeah. Uh, well, shit, the, yeah. look look at the 762 by 54. Mm-hmm. Uh, those right. guns... Also, in my made, opinion, it's an outdated cartridge. But th- Those guns were made when when the average person was about five foot six or five foot seven. Uh, those, those, the most, in, in, you know, in the Soviet Union, when they were making those and they put a bayonet on them, the gun was as tall as the soldier who was carrying it. Yeah, the, the average soldier, the nose in the gun is two thirds the height of the average Russian soldier. And that's on, that's yeah. not accidental. No, that's not yeah. accidental. And that goes so, back to the length of spears and things like that. Um, but you got it. You had a guy who weighed, like it was a full-grown adult male who weighed a buck fifty-five, and was shouldering and shooting that gun. Uh, and then the Chinese said, "You know what would be better? Take the same action and make it put it in a smaller, lighter rifle." Uh, and they're like, "Yeah, that that's great." Uh, but th- the truth of the matter is, is, is you know, we had millions of soldiers that, that carried and shot and used these rifles and didn't die from the recoil. Uh, <laughs> It's it's this it's this, this, <laughs> these He's correct you know soy fed manginas who are like oh the recoil I'm like calm down hippie you never experienced recoil in your life he's um, so sweet calling them hippies what what was your uh, was it your shop teacher that told the guy that wore wore the Birkenstock <laughs> fruit boots fruit boots <laughs> so since we're on a caveat. Uh, like professor, that. what is the what is the heaviest caliber that you ever fired? Shoulder fire. Oh, Shoulder. yeah. You're not allowed you, to you're not allowed to cheat and shoot and say, "Oh, yeah, I shot a recoilless rifle one time." Do grenades count? Uh, well, the, the the heaviest one I, I fired, I, you know, I used to fire. You know, 84 millimeter rockets off my shoulder and 83 millimeter rockets off my shoulder. Um, oh, I did say shoulder fired shit. You did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, the shoulder fired multi-purpose assault weapon. Uh, so you know, I used to fire tank killers. Now I've, 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 I, I, I was a, an artard and stood up and shot a Barrett off my shoulder once, just so I could say I did it. It's, it's retarded to do it, but everybody has to do it. it one but time. you know, I, to be honest, that's not even all that bad. It's not. No, because it's so heavy and it has big springs. Yeah, uh, in a good break. No, I've I've shot I've shot three thirty eight. I get I guess you know three thirty eight Lapua Magnums stuff like that uh, in bolt guns, not in semi guns, but in bolt guns. Uh, and you know, going back to things like thirty, uh, I've never shot any of the African hunting rifles. If you if you, those uh, are brutal. I just. Yeah, I've, I've just brutal. Yeah, the nitro mags, the four hundred yeah. nitro know express. It, you know. And and the truth is, I I never got into that, and it's not exactly a a, a, uh, – it's an expensive freaking hobby. Oh, yeah. Uh, And I never felt that I needed that expensive – I had enough expensive hobbies already. I didn't need to add African big game rifles to an expensive hobby. Uh, So all the big stuff I've ever shot has been military cartridges, 338s and – you know, 300 wind mags, and stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, so as, so the biggest one that I've ever uh, fired that, you know, wasn't, you know, I, I didn't get to do any of the cool, the, the cool shoulder fire rockets or anything. Uh, 375 H and H. 
And to be honest, um, I think you can get comparable recoil out of 300 Win Mag these days. Um, now, granted, <laughs> 375 is its own bear. But the idea is that um, when you're talking about top-end recoil, uh, there are little tiny people that shoot real calibers on a regular basis. You got you go out in the bush with uh, some some guides in uh, in the backcountry in the savannah. They're they're carrying a double rifle that's that's in a real caliber and it's not. Yeah, it's, it's uh, not. most of them have G threes. Well, yeah, that is that's different. Yeah. So Marty, you, you know little Jen. From... No, I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking like backup shot on Cape Buffalo shit like mm, that. Yeah. yeah. So Andrew's got a good example here. Yeah. So um, Jenny or Jen that uh, Marty knows her. They, her and uh, my fiance's friends, Jen and Arissa, have a hunting TV show. They've been on the show before. Oh yeah, they have been on the show. I forgot. Yeah. Um, well, little Jen is probably five foot nothing, tiny little thing, and she whacked a hippo with a three seventy five H and H mag. And I mean, she's small, and she had no problem doing it. Yeah. In it's all about in, no, in, in, when uh, it comes to in Africa. Oh, in country? I hear, I hear no, Colombia is full I of hippos. Hear Columbia's going to open up soon. I hear that too. Actually, Columbia, Tennessee. No, Columbia, South no. America. Columbia, South America. They're ate oh up with gosh. hippos down there. There's a joke in there. I'm not going to dig it out for you guys. No, no, <laughs> no. Seriously, it's a you know, he's no. serious. The, you know the Escobar's uh, the Pablo Escobar's revenge. You're familiar with Pablo Escobar's Revenge, right? Yeah. Montezuma's Revenge. Curtis, are you yes. familiar with Pablo Escobar's Revenge? I am. I'm Marty, not. Marty, are you no, familiar I'm with not. Pablo Escobar's Revenge? Go ahead, go ahead and lay it, out, lay it out for the for the audience. All right. Pablo Escobar was the, the Coke billionaire, and uh, the Colombians, with our help, whacked him. And after they whacked him, they went to his, his hacienda, and he had his own private zoo, like most of the drug lords do. And he had imported uh, one bull and three cows, uh, hippos, African hippos. And they didn't know what the hell to do with them. So in their infinite wisdom, they just like opened up the gates and let them walk away <laughs> into, the, into jungle. the jungle. They're like, That's, you know, what are they going to do? Fly, be free. <laughs> yeah, fly, be free. And what no one, no one at the time said is, you know, that bull is going to do what nature does and they're going to make more hippos. Yeah, but how many hippos could they make? There's no natural predators in Colombia for a hippo. There are they're no the natural predators for, for a hippo, period. They're the apex. Yep. So, so they're breeding. And, and the, if, you, if, you guys, if you guys want to have some fun, look it up. Um, they expect to have thousands by like 2050. And, and they're just ravaging the countryside. Because believe it or not, they're not courteous. No, they're uh, they're that that whole I weigh a ton and have really big teeth and am generally have a very um, uneven temperament thing. Oh yeah, uh, so they don't know what to do, and and, and they're of course the the and Colombia has hippies like we do. They have these fucktards <laughs> that are like, oh, we can't kill them. We have to trap them and and neuter them and and so forth. And apparently, the first time they tried it, the hippo woke up halfway through the procedure, and and just and went ape on everybody. Fucking and idiots. it's like How many fifty people did it kill. 
Yeah. Yes, and it's like $50,000 per hippo to do that. And then the vet that they got, if you read the first one, the first time they tried that, the vets are like, how do we do this? Because they retract their genitals. So they didn't even know how to do it. They weren't even sure if it was going to work. Uh, it's it's so retarded. And, and the most obvious solution is to is to get gringos to pay you ten twenty thousand dollars a pop to go on a hippo safari in Colombia, and spread the money out amongst the villagers. Everybody's happy, but no, they can't do that. We can't just shoot them. So, so there's a caveat there into um, regulated hunting, like in Africa and. Um, and and now i guess in colombia <laughs> um, hopefully the, the amount crossed. yeah hopefully uh the amount of money that is generated uh from from um particularly well managed um uh populations like if you want to go over and shoot a lion or something like that the amount of money that is generated off of that lion hunt funds the the conservation efforts all of them, um, I don't actually know if they eat lions, but if you shoot like a Cape Buffalo or something Africans like that. Africans eat lions. Uh, do they eat lions? Okay, African so. citizens they eat, eat every, every protein. Yep. Yeah, okay. So um, I actually have problems with people eating secondary consumers, but uh, regardless. Um, their choice. Yeah, it's their choice. Their, their choice. Better than being hungry. Guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Better than no, eating no, each no. other. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to go there. If you're hungry, you're hungry. But like, no, we get you. We get. This, we're just busting your chops. Go ahead. This is it's a bad thing. But, yeah. You know, if you got nothing to eat, then whatever. But um, uh, when when we talk about the amount of funds as well as the uh, you don't get to bring that meat back to the United States with you. It's oh no, it yeah. stays there. Yeah, it the stays, villagers get the feeds meat. Feeds the villagers. The villagers get the meat. Um. It funds the conservation efforts, and usually, it's it's only a set number of individuals that are taken out, and they're always, almost always, uh, towards the end of their life. Absolutely. So this is a mature animal that, in the next uh, three to five years, is going to start having major health problems. And I don't know if you guys have seen this before, but animals in the wild that die of old age don't actually die of old age. They die horrific, terrible deaths of starvation, injury, disease. and disease. Yeah. And in, in the it, case of lions, they just get ripped apart by their own pride. They, yeah, as soon exactly. as they see the weakness in the lion, and, and the guys that own these properties in Africa, they know exactly which lion you're going to shoot yes, before you ever know, get there. They have a list of three to five lions that you're going to shoot that are up for that are up for euthanization there instead of instead of capturing that lion and and putting it to sleep with some cyanide or something like that or you know some other thing they're going to let you put a, a a 600 grain ball round in its brain right and you're going to pay them 80k to do it <laughs> yep. you know oh yeah and that's what funds them hunting and poachers what, the rest of the year exactly <laughs> So yeah. like there, that whole, and I know that we're kind of preaching the choir here, but um, I've had several friends that have gone over and, and done this. And I was actually invited to, to, um, to do a documentary on one. Uh, unfortunately, COVID happened, so we didn't get to do that. But COVID, um, yeah, killed everything. The, the animals got sick. Yeah. But that whole, that whole process, 
like I said, they've got a list of three to five mature animals they're going to be taken out this year. Uh, and they have done this in a way to manage the resource. And it also takes that individual out of the population. So it gives other op, uh, other uh, individuals the opportunity to breed. So you're raising your genetic diversity. Yeah. So there's a lot of factors. And we've done in. shows on this uh, in the past. So let's get back to the VZ58. Yeah, sorry. Because we can't hunt with the, the VZ58 in Africa. Sure you can. You can't take you're down big game. You can hunt poachers with it. You can hunt poachers, you can hunt yeah. Po- yeah, you, you can hunt in Africa. It's not, not. <laughs> You're not going to take down a hippo with a VZ-58. Uh, That'd be real hard. You you could. Oh, I could. You could. You could. It would just take you a, a lot of ammo, yeah. Take you a lot of ammo and well-placed you'd, you'd be real close to a lot of crocs. If you I don't know, do man. They got some pretty thick skin, too. Uh, you I bet you could shoot crocodiles with it. Oh, hell you yeah. You think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All pen- day long. It penetrate that armor they got? Yeah, I mean, you just got to yeah, hit them in the they, head. They, so. They've got a really, yeah. Their belly? They're, hit them in the belly? They're, they're really not that good. Like, when we talk about, like, robustness of animals, crocodiles are not very robust animals. They're very robust, but if you shoot them in the right spot, they're not. <laughs> robust. I like y'all's <laughs> adjectives. You can shoot them in the stomach, and you ain't going to get it. Yeah, you gotta yeah. you got to shoot they, them in the head. So let's, let's wrap up our VZ, and let's go to listener questions. Oh, so I've got some good ones. All right. Um, so we talked about the history, um, kind of where we didn't really talk variants. So there are several variants of, and I'm on the hippo page. Let me get off the hippo page here. <laughs> How many different variants of hippos? Enough? There's there's three variants, three three popular variants of the VZ58. And tell us what those are, Paul. Well, there uh, I can't remember the, if it's the it, there's the standard Woodstock bakelite stock version the full st- and which is the like the stock. p is yeah. it the p vz58p standard fixed stock and then you have the uh the victor which is the airborne version which is this the one, one. You have the and then they have yeah. one that's designed for optic mounts which is like the p but it has an optic mount I think that's okay big. can you stop there what does the optic mount look like i've never seen one of these before it's pretty so, ridiculous. you got a picture i'll, I'll find one um I think there's a picture of one on here. And it was for mounting night vision specifically. Yeah, yeah. for night vision. And just so you know. Um, Is it the mounted on the rear cover then? or It's actually mounted where the pinhole goes to the back of the receiver to RS, hold the bolt and everything in. RS Regulate makes one. You know what? That now it? that you mention okay, that. It's on here. Now that you mention that, I have seen Scott's VZ. And I just didn't fully appreciate what it was at the time. Scott at that RS Regulate, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. so they make one for the the VZ58. I'm trying to find it here so I can pull it up. And that's actually um, a listener question that we're answering right now. Mark. Oh, it I is. Had, I, had forgotten, I had forgotten about that. That man, that had to be that had to be like seven years ago. And I I did get an answer back on the thread pattern. And yes, the checks did pull some shit. Yes. So it was. I'm not surprised. It was 14 by one, right-handed, not (laughs) left-handed. And and now on the Century guns, when we the original VZ parts kits and guns that Century built, we put the right hand on the original ones. But then realizing that nobody had any type of muzzle devices for them at all, we switched it to the left hand. So because um, only the only real people are right-handed. Yeah. So they switched to the left-handed. They switched it to the left-handed threads, but a correct VZ58 is fourteen by one right hand. 
thank thank you, Anthony Cuomo, up in Vermont. Anthony Cuomo so, in Vermont, though. So, okay. Here, I found a picture of it, so I'll show you for the optics. The, is this the uh, I went to I went to regulator. You were required to you were required to be right-handed. No, I I agree with that. If I ever have a child left-handed, I'll make it be right-handed. Yeah, and people are like I'm left-handed. No, you're not. You're wrong-handed. You just haven't been properly taught. Mm-hmm. You have not had the proper pressures applied to you. So Up until the 80s, the, the Marine Corps would not allow you to shoot a rifle left-handed. Really? Yep. That's fantastic. This is it. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it wasn't until they adopted is, the M16A2 with the, uh, that they started letting them shoot front, left or right. I see. I see. Yes, and, I've, and seen, could, I've seen could this not before. Be, you could not be a machine gunner and be a lefty because you would eat all the brass. I was going to say, yeah, that would be terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. so there's With a the picture a, of the put your, put your VZ support elbow this pile of, of smoking hot brass that's going to come down on the – yeah. Because, like, depending on the machine gun, a lot of them eject down into the to one side. Um, yeah. yeah. If you tried to shoot it left, it would all come out into your face. Yeah, well, absolutely. it depends on the gun. Here's one being loaded with well, a stripper clip. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. But the 249 injects down. Do you want to get into some of these viewer questions, Marty? Yeah, yeah I just wanted to questions. cover the variants real quick. Uh, there are a lot more uh, variants. So as we go through the history, uh, what, I want to look at the countries real quick. Oh, right here? That's okay. one of the questions we got. We'll come back to it. Yeah. Got it. Go. Okay. Uh, so I'm on Wikipedia, and there's a list of, of the variants here. There's several different. There's a CZ H203 Sport semi-automatic, only variant for civilian consumption available with either a standard 390 millimeter or shortened 295 millimeter barrel. Limited production was made for the civilian market in Canada, which that's one of our questions also. Uh, this was legal for can- Canadians to have for a while, but I think it has since it, it, it's no fallen longer. on their ban list. Yeah, Century Century did sell them up in Canada as well. Yeah, um, we actually have a Canadian office, so we do a lot of business in Canada. Yeah, um, and we did sell the VZs originally in in the Canadian market as well as the U.S. market because they were that and the uh, Valmet were kind of the guns that snuck in under the radar as. You, if you can say that, because of the similarity in action to the SKS, which is also legal in Canada. Yeah, it's still legal, right? The SKS. Um, no, actually, it's it's on the 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 most current banned list. Is it? Yeah. Well, I got a Canadian that weighed in. We'll read his answer here mm-hmm. in a minute. There's an FSN series. It's a newly manufactured civilian semi-automatic variant available in standard FSN 01 390 millimeter with or without the folding stock FSN 01F and FSN. O1W, which has a wooden stock and cheek piece, and they've got a shortened 279 barrel links, also with folding stocks. Outer parts are blued. All variants, with the exception of the 01W, have Bakelite stocks. That's what we were talking about earlier. Yep. Uh, there's a Sporter version. Uh, there's a Rimfire VZ58. It's called the Auger 58, developed and manufactured by Highland Arms in the Czech Republic. Together with the 22 long rifle conversion kit, uh, the conversion kit is intended for all calibers and variants of the VZ-58. Uh, and there's some other ones there, too. So, 
you guys can go and check that out. Let's go to our listener questions now. Sorry, and, I need to interject really quick. I yeah. made a statement a few seconds ago about the 249 ejecting down. The 249 does eject down. Okay, there you go. Yep. I went. I literally went and pulled some, some slow motion video that I had for the purposes of confirming. Perfect. Why didn't you share your screen with us? Share your screen and show us that. Uh, it'll take too <laughs> you much don't time have to, to do it. that. I'm just. It'll I'm take too much time to find it again. Sorry. <laughs> Go to listener questions. <laughs> so listener questions. All right, All right, listener questions, Andrew. Pick pick a good one to kick us off with. All right. Uh, and read who, who's asking it. Pew, P, Pew, Pew, RN. Is yep. anyone still building BZ-58s? How is the reliability of it? They look like cool guns. Um, currently, no one is building BZ-58s. Um, Century Arms has in the past built what we call our VZ-2000 series or VZ-2008s. Um, they are um, built off of parts kits on U.S. receivers and barrels. Um, currently, Century is not building those, um, but if we were to, able to get more parts kits, we would absolutely build more of those. They've always been great sellers for us, and they the reliability is good. They run well. Um, it's a gun that Century did a pretty good job putting together. So um, if we were to come across some more parts kits, we would certainly build more. Um, also, those guns are not – they didn't make a lot of those guns. I think they made something like 650000 total ever. So there's not millions of these guns on the market. So um, if we do get more, we'll definitely build them out. But uh, as of now, nobody's building them currently. All right. Um, but can you get them for sale? Oh, yeah. People sell them on the secondary market all the time. Oh, They're yeah. expensive. Couple Atlantic of Firearms has some for sale. Cool. Um, Somebody should literally start remanufacturing them. We have the power to do it. We right. have the technology. But you just don't have the quantities. That's the problem. People say that kind of stuff, but it costs so much to tool up and manufacture a rifle. You'd have to sell – you either have to sell tons and tons and tons of them or you have to sell them for extremely expensive prices. Example, right. example, the PSL. Yep. Yeah. The reason PSLs are $2,000 is because we don't sell that many of them. Same thing with the <laughs> shitty HK guns. So the uh, the one for sale at Atlantic Arms, they've got it for seventeen hundred and nineteen dollars, and they've got one for nine hundred and ninety nine dollars, which is a standard two thousand eight. Yeah. Really? These these are they're used guns. They're not new guns. Yeah, no, they're I don't I wouldn't think that they were new. This is they got a Century Arms VZ two thousand and eight for nine hundred and ninety nine dollars. If you want to go get that, I've seen some in. Um, Different calibers also. I've seen some different caliber ones, but go ahead. Nine ninety nine for two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Smith by nine by thirty nine is his name. Okay. Did any of the decision making of the design characteristics weigh more heavily on the desire to be different from an AK rather than trying to create a unique design that worked better than previous designs? Um, so that that's obviously a, a question that we don't really it's know the subjective. answer to. No, but I think that partially um, the biggest thing is they didn't want to use the standard design and the so, movement from the VZ fifty two to the VZ fifty eight was just enough to get the commies off their back. And yeah. so, so a little more history behind that: the Soviet yeah. Union had begun insisting that the Warsaw Pact forces standardize on a common ammunition which we talked about earlier the 662 but 39 as a result the prototype known as the coasty or broom was designed uh to chamber the 762 by 39 cartridge rather than the check 762 by uh, 45 versus 
uh, VZ-52 round used in both the earlier VZ-52 rifle and the VZ-52 light machine gun. The assault rifle entered service in 1958 and over a period of 25 years up until 1984, over 920,000 weapons had been produced, uh, fielded by the armed forces of the Czechoslovakia, Cuba, and several Asian and African nations. Which goes to another viewer question. Did any countries besides the, Czech, the Czechoslovakia use that rifle? And yes, they did. They, they actually um, uh, sold it out to several other countries that Marty just read. Yeah, uh, Afghanistan, Angolia, Bif Bifra, which I don't think we have any listeners in Biafra. Biafra. Now these are these are countries that have used it, not Bifra. necessarily manufactured. <laughs> manufactured it. it. They didn't manufacture <laughs> them necessarily, but they used them. Kurdistan, them. Iraq, India, Guinea, Guatemala, Ethiopia, Cyprus, Cyprus, Cuba. Yeah, the Cubans made them. They're gonna shoot the hippos with them. That's Colombia. Yeah, not Cuba. That's an island, Marty. I know. It's a whole different place. Yeah, but he was over there, too. Yeah, You're, You missed yeah, by several yeah. hundred longitudes. Yeah. <laughs> and right. the United States captured a few. Yeah, during Vietnam, Vietnam, and they reissued them to the LLRPs. But um, one of the cool things that I that I, we, I noticed when I was looking up some of this stuff, the I Northern agree. Irish Loyalist Parliamentaries had a bunch of VZ-58s hmm. in the, during all the Irish uprisings, which I thought was kind of interesting. That is interesting. Did that answer that guy's question? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, let's see. Sam Russell, 0331. So while the Czechs were butchering Mikkel's beautiful child, what did they get right? Um, well, I don't Lightweight. know. Lightweight? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of a lighter weight. Um, personally, me, I just, the VZ-58 to me is a cool gun. It's fun. Um, it's interesting and different. But do I prefer it over an AK? Absolutely not. Um, that's it's a little just, more it's complicated than the not, the not AK. necessarily complicated. Um, well, it has more moving parts. It does have a few more moving parts, but not ex not a ton. Um, but it's just to me, I don't think it shoots as well as an AK. I don't. Uh, I don't, I care don't know as about much. that, man. Have you taken apart an AK bolt? Me? I think oh, there's yeah. more Paul, I think there's more parts, parts, in, parts an in an AK bolt. Yeah, well, there's more I'm parts than an AK. Total, two, three, total four, AK. Five. They're not that this. far off. They're not that far off. If I pull up this picture, man, I the maybe the Google machine. Nah, it's not gonna give us. This will give me my picture. I'll share my screen. I would think there's a couple of more parts here. Screen share. Just while we're doing that, FPS Murdoch referred to it as. An overpriced SKS. Uh, so, Ooh, so Murdoch. So Murdoch coming in hot. At, Holy shit. Well, you, know, he, you just know, but, you know, you guys know Murdoch, right? He's a oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Long, but long but he did end it with, please don't take my comment the wrong way. I mean, no disrespect. FPS Murdoch, I agree with you. It's basically an SKS, um, and it is expensive. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's the parts. So you got two springs, you've got the cover, you've got the bolt, uh, you got the linear hammer, the bolt carrier, this locking piece, the bolt, the piston spring, the piston rod, the hand guard. So, oh, looks like there's a couple of more pieces there to me. So trigger off, um, 
ask a question that we actually answered as well, um, saying, just curious, Trigger Guard Magazine release are similar but different from AK. Do you know the reason why they designed it that way? Looks very biased to right-handed individuals, where AK is basically ambi. It is very biased to right-handed individuals, and it's yes. definitely 100% designed to be operated right-handed. Um, so there's definitely that. They don't care about Again. the uh, wrong-handed people. Wrong-handed people. 10% of the human race is left-handed. <laughs> but the whole world has to cater to them because of that. Right? <laughs> Paul knows what I'm talking about. So J. Edgar Paradox is actually asking a question about what we're talking about right now. Okay. To my understanding, the VZ-58 is more complex than the AK-47 and that it's harder to clean and keep track of parts. Is there truth to this? I have never held one to know firsthand. I don't think that that's actually true. I don't know. Because I, I really don't because I'm looking at the, I'm looking at close-ups of the bolt. Oh, you mean clean that back up? And yeah. there are parts in an AK bolt that are, um, there's, there's lots of parts stuffed into an AK bolt. I'm pretty sure looking at this, again, I don't have one in front of me, that there are fewer parts in the bolt. Bolt extractor, extractor spring, firing pin, firing pin, retaining what? pin. So one, two, three. Like, I'm pretty five, sure six, that those parts are seen seven. into the bolt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All those edges and so, shoulders. Something you have to under when people say complexity, you have to understand these are military rifles. And a military rifle was designed so that the average 18-year-old conscript could be taught how to do 18. this in a, in a day or two. Uh, so, you know, and we're, truth is, we're really spoiled. You know, we're pretty spoiled by Glocks and so forth. Uh, yeah, it's not that hard. Well, I get it's it. one of those deals where yeah, after you've been taught to do it, punches and stuff, you know, it apart. Not it's not that hard. And and if you can take it apart without a tool, it's not complex. I agree. Absolutely. That's a really that's a really fantastic statement. Yeah. Right so there. I think I think to to answer Jay Edgar's question, it seems complex because it's different, not because it's more complex. So my point is yep. when I'm saying there's fewer. Not counting all the, the parts in the bolt, I've got one, two, three, four when I field strip it. But I only, I, I got four pieces where this one you field strip it, you've got all this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely. I only, see one, I only see one axis pin in the, in the receiver. Yep. And that's for the trigger. And no, there's a locking pin on the back of the, on the very back of the receiver that locks in yeah. the uh, back of the dust cover. Are there oh, more that's, steps no, to no, that's not an access pin. AK? Yes, there are more steps to disassembling this than there are an AK. That's but not that an doesn't, But that doesn't make it complex. complex. Yeah. And like I, I said, I didn't say it was complex. I said it was more complex. No, I'm just answering the question. It's it, you know, relatively it comes, speaking. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that it's more because it, people say that because it's different, less than because it's complicated. Because it's not complicated. Well, I mean, at if, all. You, if you look at an, an, an you know an M16A2 versus an AK, you would say that the M16 is complex. All right, so we're going to disappoint. So Pillow Pants can't wait to listen to Nils again. By far one of my favorite guests you bring on. Well, if you made it this far, Nils is not here tonight. Yeah. And we apologize for our suckiness compared to Nils. Well, so, I made an announcement. Actually, I would, argue, I would argue that if you take apart an AR-15 bolt and count the no, parts. No, you're not taking apart the bolt. That's not field maintenance. That's armor maintenance. I was trying to spot the AK parts. 
Um, because yeah. if you do that, if you do it that way, then you only have three parts for an AR. And there's eight parts in an AK for field strip. What? Eight? Didn't I just pull out four parts? So you're not disassembling your bolt carrier for cleaning? No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I said, let's disassemble the bolt. You said that that's, that's armor. Maintenance. No, no, I, I thought you were talking about the AK. No, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I thought you were okay. talking about. Okay, okay. now, now we're on the same page. Now, now, now we, now we leveled up. Okay, yeah, we're we're good. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to read yeah. a question from Facebook. You've been reading from Instagram. Keep yeah. those up. Uh, Shane Hammond, is there any advantage with the VZ over an AK accuracy, reliability, etc.? Last round bolt hold open lightweight. Somebody answered him there. That's their opinion. I would say that the the VZ over an AK or vice versa, accuracy, reliability, etc. I know that my VZ is very accurate. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily it's more accurate than some AKs. But um, you got not, the barrel length distant uh, length. But, also. The, but the ones you're going to have in the US are going to be the same length. They're all going to be sixteen point two. Yeah, they're all going to be sixteen inches. Well, we're not so talking about. But the um, ones but in as far as reliability goes, I will say the VZ will not hold up dirty like the AK will. The AK will take a lot more filth. It'll take a lot more dirt, dust, grime than the VZ will. Um, and that's just because of the, the way the shoulders work on the bolt, the fact that the whole top end opens up and shit can dump into it. Um, there's just definitely, I'm not going to say necessarily reliability-wise, but as far as field conditions, um, the AK will definitely put up with a lot more trash than the VZ will. There's a, there's a reason that the AK is the most popular firearm in the world. Yeah. And the VZ is not. And there were, what are they saying? There's like 10, 20 million AKs that have made. And there were, 30. Like, there were like 900,000 of these made. Yeah. And, and a lot of those were made in, in Cuba and some other places. In Cuba? Only like 650 were actually made by CZ. Dan Americano, Dan L. Americano says a little more trivia that I hope adds to the show. The production team in the movie Lord of War, which I thought was a great movie. Great I love movie. that movie. I, I like that one. 2005 starring Nicolas Cage, and uh, that other guy was in it. Jared Leto was in it. Mm -hmm. uh, bought like his brother. 3,000 real SAVZ-58 rifles to stand in for AK-47s because they were cheaper than prop guns. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's what we were talking about. Uh, Which is amazing. The, if you watch the Strike Back show, if anybody's ever watched that on, on Showtime, for some reason... All of the British special services guys, when they're doing their operations, use VZ-58s. Um, ah, I've looked and funny. looked and looked. I want to know where those guns went. <laughs> no no shit. Like, I've looked everywhere to try to figure out why they're using VZ-58s. I feel like Sitting in one a of those movie prop houses. Balked out VZ-58s in crates somewhere. Yeah, I yeah. think and they're just, just cheap. They were just so cheap, probably. That's the only thing that would make sense in to a me. Movie Somebody prop someday is going to happen to walk into that warehouse and be like, holy dog shit. Yeah. yeah. Time to sell. Look the Let's other go way. get an FFL right now. <laughs> Let's see, Nathan Shepard. Where's the best place to find mags? Any accessories you add? Have any of you shot it as a pistol, like the one in the new Bond? So oh, it's in the new Bond. No, I've never, uh, I've never physically seen a pistol version of it before. So I've st I stopped watching James Bond when they get, when Pierce Brosnan was no longer Bond. Oh, Daniel Craig's good, dude. Yeah, he's really good. At, he's good. Uh, I don't really care yeah. for his style. He's good. You're just jealous because he's so hot, Curtis. <laughs> he looks good in a bikini. 
All right. Jeez. What I about the mags? You guys know any place? On the show. Y'all know any place where to get mags? Um, I think Atlantic Tactical had some for sale, but yeah, you can freaking Google it. And tons of people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> internet.com. Use, use the internet, the same thing you used to post that question. But is there a best place to find the mags? No, they're all probably they all not. Come from the same place. They, they all no. came from a container at Century Arms. Yeah, they all came from a container at Century. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, Rayo Shields, Mike, Mike, Trey Jr., Bob Steven. I enjoyed the AK Corner episode on competitions, and want to ask as a newbie, aspiring competitor. For training and in comps, are you guys using tack reloads or running to empty an operating charging handle? Um, that's a good question for our competitors. So next time we do a competition show, ask that, and we'll get you a professional answer. Yeah, you never run dry unless you have to. Yeah. yeah that's that's the answer. answer. On the uh, mags real quick. The last time I bought mags, I bought them from AIM Surplus. And... I just went to their website and they've got them in stock for twenty bucks. Oh, so. aim surplus, cool. That's yeah. What do you got over there uh, on Instagram? You said twenty dollars. Yep. yep, that's a good price. Um, yeah, that's a good I price. Got, that's a buy now. Go yeah, bomb. I got I got aim surplus. That's the best one I've got right now. They're all sold Ooh. out because Curtis just bought them all. So if you want them, they're forty dollars now <laughs> from VSO Gun yeah. Channel. From VSO Gun Channel. Yeah, you you can go over to yeah you can go over to vsordnance.com and uh, and find that stuff. I see uh, Glock Gun Sales has them for fifteen dollars. Even better. Ooh. Ooh, wow, that's surprising. Yeah. yeah. All right. I don't know why the price would be going down on them. Maybe less people are buying these guns or the, people who the haven't price, want them anymore. Or, I don't the price spikes whenever we release guns. In other words, whenever we get parts kits and build them, the price goes from 15 to 20 to 30 and 40. And then as soon as those There guns, are polymer mags available from Fab. Mm, yeah. Fab mm, makes, Fab makes yeah. some other aftermarket parts. They do a rail for the VZ58. They do a couple other things as well. But, but I've, those I've are never used the mags. Yeah. yeah, I've never used so the mag, so I don't know. And RS Regulate, obviously, uh, mentioned they make a optics mount. An optics mount. They probably make some other things, too, so you check out RS Regulate. Scott uh, does really good work. You can get some custom things done, too. So, I mean, if there's something specific you want done, you can hit up you know, people like John Holton at M13 Industries. He for sure. Definitely fabricate something for you. Brian's too busy at Occam, so. Um, Don't ask him. He's too busy doing his own stuff. Uh, speaking of. He was supposed to be joining us also, and uh, he wasn't feeling well. He's under the weather, uh, but he wanted me to let you guys know you need to go check out their sights, their uh, their new optics that they've got, iron sights. Um, they're making them for the ARs, and then they've got some other variations that they're making for some of the offhand um, Picatinny-railed guns as well. So be on the lookout. Just go to Occam's I'm website. Brian hasn't called me yet. Huh. He was going to try. Him, man. Leave him alone. He was going to try. M Mustang Perry. On Mustang Instagram. Perry. What it's... parts, if any, crossover between this and the AK-47? Nothing. None. None. Except for the ammo. That's the only thing you can use in the Ammo. That's now, it. hang on. Back up there for a second. Maybe um, the front post site. Paul. Um, front site post? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I, it wouldn't post. work either. You don't think? Go back to your VZ that you got in your hand. Yeah. Is that or is that not an after factory grip? Pistol grip. Oh, this? Yes. Uh, yeah, I guess that is true. Uh, I did, like I said, the, the original grips are pretty diminutive, 
So I went ahead and grabbed this generic one. And does it fit perfectly? No. You can it doesn't fit. Drill it. So that's a modded AK grip. Yeah, the, the angle's yeah. slightly different. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it, it works. I mean, it don't, don't get me wrong. It's not moving or anything. But see, at the base, there's actually there's actually a, a, a mounting area for the Bakelite grip, which is cut out specifically for that grip. And if I you see. put an AK grip on it, it doesn't fit. So it's kind of a Franken thing. But like I said, the Paul and maybe I'll find it and pull put it the, back on there. Pull your trigger up a little closer. The the trigger and trigger guard go go this way go. a little bit yeah right right there now right bring, there yeah and then bring it in closer yeah and i'll flip it to the other side so we had you know that guy that was asking the question about the single rivet i don't think it's compatible so um just so no, the, the folks listening to the podcast compatible. we're looking at the magazine release right now and showing how it's yeah. specifically on the left side of the gun and it's yeah, not in the center. Out in the trigger yeah. Guard. Yeah. And they made there's a little an indention there for a glove so you can get your finger yeah. up in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's an indention there so you can get your made a little fat wider. finger in there and pop it. Yeah. For the mag release. Okay, next question. Yeah. I had one that made me laugh. Oh, the sling. The sling. Oh, yeah, there you go. The sling is, you can use an AK sling on the BZ-58 as well. Yeah, you can use an AK sling. Mm-hmm. There you go. Sling and ammo. <laughs> there you go. I've already decided that this guy gets um, one of the prizes. Okay. Because it made me laugh so hard. What is it about? All right. Well, quit with suspense. I could use a laugh. Let's go. I'm trying to find it now. Oh, here it is. Wolverine 30 Cal. Okay. Says, got mine. And the very last thing he says is what is what killed me. Got mine when they were cheap. I still prefer standard AK. Easier to customize and get spare parts, trigger and recoil impulse. Not as smooth as my other AKs. I took off the Fab Defense quad rail handguard and went back to the original Beaver Barf handguards. (laughs) (laughs) I had that. And it literally, if you think about it, it's chewed up wood mixed it's with plastic that's right that's beaver what it's Barbie that's what it's called yeah beaver they went out behind, behind the furniture factory and they scooped up they the swept up all the shit of, it's wood freaking wood chips impregnated with bake light. Light. beaver barf and guards yeah. i even had that on my notes <sighs> nice that made me laugh i heard that um I've, that's common it's commonly known as that that's what they, they call it so yeah. let's read another one what about Doc Dow? Um, Doc Dow sixty four says yes. Been waiting for something on the VZ fifty eight, and this question's for Brian. When is Occam going to start building them? I can answer that. Probably never. never. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even need to consult with Brian on that. Yeah, I feel pretty comfortable he telling you that. What's Zach Archer say? That's it. Let's see what else we got. We got Buck Buckman Blake. Anybody know of a reliable source for batteries? For older AK and PSL scopes, prefer retro adapter to sourceable battery. Sourceable battery. You guys got any tips for him on that one? That's a $64,000 question. I just missed the uh, the question, sorry. So he's, he's he, asking about He batteries. wants to know of any reliable source for batteries for older AK and PSL scopes. He prefers I'll look the, at the voltage and find something that fits. Prefers the retro adapter. So, yeah, there's yeah. some retro fits out there. Um, the only reason I know it is because I have an old PSL scope. Um, the batteries are next to impossible to find. 
Um, I did find one on eBay years ago, and somebody told me they found some on Amazon, but I've never been able to find them. Um, but yeah, there's some retro kits that used to be available, but I haven't even seen any of those in a long time. Um, obviously, if you get the newer versions of those optics, they come with American Standard batteries, such as the Russian optic, the the um, optic we put on our PSL at Century Arms is a is a current manufactured optic, so it uses a U.S. battery, which is an, an available. But yeah, that's just your Paul's right. That's the sixty four thousand dollar question. Yeah. So a uh, couple more, then we're going to wrap it up here. So uh, P Man three hundred one. Do these come in two two three for <clears throat> for Sack Archer? And then Sack Archer replies at P Man, "I wish you the fleas of a thousand camels and arms too short to scratch." <laughs> <laughs> Wicked burn. <laughs> But yes, they do because um, they made some prototypes. I don't think it ever yeah, went full production. No, um, Tim Tim Harmsman has a video on one that he's shooting. That's so here's the thing: you can retrofit anything. You can have them. You can have them custom, and and you can have them rebarreled. Yeah, this one wasn't custom. This one was, from what I understand from his video, this was manufactured that way. You go to Military Arms Channel. He was he was shooting one. No, talking they, de- about it. they definitely made them, but they never went into production. Oh. Like they were never like you know. You, they were, they well, he didn't ask if they. He them. said, "Do these come in two, two, three? He didn't say where they made for production. I would hate to know what the price of one was if you could find it. Yeah. The other know. thing about that 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 makes that challenging is remember seven six two by thirty nine is the magazine. Five five six is by what? Fifty. 45. Uh, 45. 45. Yeah. So that means its length is longer, which means the magazine is not the right size. I bet you could retrofit an AR magazine. And they, he was talking about the magazines, too, that somebody made the magazines. Oh. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You'd, so. have to, you'd have to have either special magazines or you'd have to have some kind of stand ag adapter type thing. Yeah, it would be something weird. but Yeah. And he mentioned about the, the adapters, too. They made adapters. All right. So. Uh, John Adams, did you ask? Did we ask this one? John Adams III, does Century plan to build any VZ58s in the future? And I think we did. You're like, we, we talked about I didn't kits. answer his specific yeah. question, but I, I answered it. I wish I'd show. gotten one for $500 back in the day. Don't we all, baby? Don't we all? Don't we all? Yeah. If we had a time machine, all I would do is go back and buy guns. You know? Uh, and then I said, I had a dude walk into my shop the other day. He wanted to know. He was talking about starting a collection for the purposes of like things that would keep or add value and i'm like transferable machine guns and he thought i was he looked at me like i was like at a third eyeball in the center of my head he's like what if i buy kimbers i'm like (laughs) (laughs) go go ahead and get that kimber and then go buy you a matthews bow right after that and they're all gonna be worth tons of money so i I posted that on my instagram page like dude you should have sold them every kimber that you could have got your hands on. oh these things double in value in five years haven't you ever purchased a kimber the door it, it doubles yeah. in value yeah so i was like you know what you're right i'm just i guess i'm too pure and one thing one thing in my life is i can't do that to somebody i guess <laughs> sack archer is Ugh. it true and we talked about this a little bit earlier uh is it true that the vz58 somehow managed to sneak through the band for our neighbors to the north while the ak did not heard the rumor but did not know and then we had mike d anderson from canada who's been on the show uh, it said up until May 1st, 2020, we had CZ 858 and VZ 58 here in Canada legally. 
Our Order and Council gun ban just added them to the prohibited list in 2020, uh, along with ARs, M1As, Mini-14s, and a few others. AKs and variants have been prohibited by name for decades up here, though. Except for the Valmet. And does anybody know the story behind the Valmet and why it's why it's not banned in Canada? Well, we had a whole episode on it. I don't know if we talked well, about that. Well, you said, but it has a SKS style action. Yeah, well, that's why the VZ, but the Valmet, the reason that they didn't ban that with all the other AKs is because the Canadian government had given tons of the natives up north above oh. the Arctic Circle, they had given them Valmets. Valmets. Um, yeah, back in, and so they didn't ban them because they didn't want to have to go up and collect them. So he um, says another random inconsistency in our <laughs> great communist paradise is we can have Chinese Type 81 rifles, Type 97s, and SKSs still along with plenty of other centerfire semis. So they can still have those. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that the Canadians are going to get hard and, and kick the socialists out, but they're yeah. going to go kicking and screaming. They're not going to go quietly. So oh, yeah. if you're listening in Canada right now, just understand this. Socialists and communists don't leave voluntarily. Never have, never will. They're not going to leave voluntarily. And they're going to pay, do, pull every dirty trick in the book to try and stay in power. Oh, they just they've understand been, that. They've been doing it for years. My One of my older brothers has lived in Alberta for God, almost 25 years now. And just the shit that they have to go through up there is, is amazing. It gets incrementally worse. Every like year. Like you said, you know, every, every couple of years they just throw another tax or ban or whatever. And it's not just guns. It's everything up there. No, it's everything. All right, last question. So, I went on it. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Bob.han1 or L-O-N. Handlin or Hanlon one on. Let's talk about cross-dressers for a minute. Would you rather have an AK platform chambered in 5.56 or an AR platform chambered in 7.62 by 3.9? AK in 5.56. I have never thought about standing on my rifles as a pastime. <laughs> what about you, Paul? You're welcome. You're welcome. I was. Uh, You're welcome. Well, I, as somebody that has a, a, a Galil in 556 five, I'll go ahead and say I'll go with that one. Yeah. yeah that's a viable answer. And I, I think like that, that Wait a minute, wait a minute. Is your Galil uh original Galil or is it an Ace? Uh it's a Century kit. Yeah, it's, oh, it's okay. a Galil. Because like I got to be honest, have you fired the full auto uh Ace in 556? Five, yeah. Yep. Oh my god, I want one of those so bad. Yeah, yeah they're pretty badass. So smooth. But um but I Honestly, like I have, I was, I have an AK and five five six as well. Marty, Marty shot it before. Yeah, but um, but the reason that I'd say that I don't prefer that by any means. I just have one because I'm a collector. I don't prefer a five five six AK by any means. But I will if tell you, if I come you across that, one for the right price, I'm going to get it. Yeah, no shit. But um, <laughs> good but luck. The, but the ARs and seven sixty by thirty nine, I've never, never found one that I liked worth a shit. The Palmetto one that takes the actual AK mags works pretty well but any of them that use the ar converted junk mags just don't run with this shit the thing i'll add to that is i have i have tens of thousands of rounds to the cmmg guns oh yeah yeah but, they do run, um, they run well yeah i have one of the short barrel variants 
we call it the white Russian. It's a it's a white one. Mm-hmm. Um, so- DNA. Coincidentally, when we started doing that that whole thing, it didn't snow that entire winter. But <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. DNH uh, Tactical makes a good seven six two by three nine mag for the AR. It's 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 not the mag. They're just not made to shoot like that. And I but I'm I just saying, they yeah. Do. I'll just say you will have more troubles if you go Get if you look here. at it broadly. You'll have more troubles out of a seven six two by thirty nine AR. Than you will out of a five five six AK broadly. You will broadly. You will. Oh yeah. Now the, Party- the caveat the the one thing that I in my opinion makes the the CMMG gun superior is because that operates off of a AR ten bolt yeah body so everything is larger and because of that the sidewalls of the bolt there's a lot more squish room in there the lugs are bigger the bolt face is bigger so remember that seven sixty by thirty nine case is fatter at the base, much fatter than a um, than a five five six by four five round. So like you you end up with a paper thin wall, and that wall isn't something that we're worried about just crushing and deforming. Where that is integral to how the the um, how the round finds itself onto the extractor, and having a really thin wall can be a problem as far as the internal ballistics uh, of getting from the magazine. To the to the breach, so uh, I'm off my soapbox. But all right, I, hey Marty, I, yes sir, I got to jump off, brother. You got to go. It's, We're getting ready to I give gifts it. away. It's been fun. Thanks for Bye, being everybody. on, Paul. Everybody say say thanks to Paul. Go hit him up, student of the gun, and uh, we we got to have you, your bro. buddy. We got to have your buddy on the show soon to talk about his new book. That's right. That's right. You know. I got books too. All right, guys, take care. Later, Paul. Good talk to See you, Paul. Bye. All right, let's do the uh, let's do the giveaways now, and then we're going to wrap it up. So, of those questions that that we just answered, or if you see one, I don't know if you're on social media or not. There, Curtis. Uh, no. Nope. I am going to pick for the dump tray. That last one that I just read. Who was that? The hand- I can't believe this many people comment on your social media, Marty. I didn't even know this many people would talk to you. <laughs> is this where is this is this on your Instagram? Instagram and Facebook. Instagram. We're going to pick Instagram because Facebook sucks. Even though I'm going to pick somebody from Facebook. Here it is Bob dot Han one on or Hanalon, whatever your your name is. You know who you are. Let's talk about the cross dressers. Uh, you're going to get a dump tray. So email me, talkinglet@gmail.com. Tell me what you won, what episode it is. Uh, and, of course, I'll need your address to pass on to Mission First Tactical. So congratulations to Bob.Hanlon. Hand one on. Um, who do you want to pick? Oh, Drew? I'm going to pick the, the, beaver, the beaver barf guy, beaver for, barf the, guy? Uh, for the U.S. Palm mags. So. Okay. And he that, won't get any Bakelite mags. Wolverine? I think that's who it was, maybe. Well, we need to know who it was. You go through there and find it. Okay. And then, Curtis, pick one from Facebook. No, I refuse. (laughs) All right, pick a number between 1 and 15 to include 1 and 15. Damn, Curtis, ain't that hard. 11. All right, 1, 2, 3, 4. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 
Bob Steven. He said, I enjoy the AK Corner episode on competitions. He's the one who answers as the new aspiring competitor. So, Bob. Oh, crap. How did I pick that one? That's ridiculous. I hate competitive shooting. <laughs> you win the SEAL 1 to get you started in your competitive shooting. Keep your gun clean and accurate. Uh, the SEAL 1 complete. There, he's going to need that because competitive guns don't fucking work. There you go. Shoot me an email. too well. He's like, oh my God, shut him up. Talkingland at gmail.com. I can mute you. Uh, Truth. All right, so, so but Wolf- I can unmute myself. <laughs> That's true. Wolverine thirty, Wolverine thirty, Kyle wins a ten pack of U.S. Palm mags. The new ones. The new, what material those made out? Polycarb, baby. Polycarb. Polycarb. See through them. See through polycarb. So Wolverine, all you winners, shoot me an email, talkinglet at gmail Tell me what you won, what episode it is, uh, and we'll need your address to to get it to you. Uh, so that does it for the episode of the VZ58. Um, if we left some questions unanswered, we're sorry. Shoot me an email, and we'll try to get them answered for you. And uh, Curtis, thank you so much for being on, especially with the short notice, brother. Yeah, no problem. If people have uh, direct questions they want to ask, or if they just want to send me hate mail for something I said in the show, then you can find me at the VSO Gun Channel on everything. And uh, I'm pretty responsive on things. The only thing that I will say is I will eventually read your YouTube comment. It's just I have a couple month backlog. Okay. Like my my it all goes to an email address. A lot of content creators turn that off uh, for the purposes of not cluttering their email. I have a separate email address that all comments from the channel go to and I currently have four thousand two hundred and forty six. So you got a system. There's a system. Yeah. I will eventually get to your comment. Very good. I read. Do you everything. give away something to everybody who comments? Is that? Is that yeah, what you, right. you give them? He gives. He gives free advice to you everyone who comments. I give free advice. Use brass. Give uh, one of your one-liners. casings. One-liners. <laughs> I didn't realize what percentage of my speech pattern was one-liners until this year at shot. Uh, one of my buddies started recording them while we were out at Circle Bar, and uh, it went the entire week. And he he got like a twenty-item long list. Uh, it'd be and some interesting of them, to catalog. I'd like to see that. We're, we're com- you should zingers. You got some zingers. There's some zingers in there. Several of which are not even clean enough. <laughs> or the, for they, this they show, they can't even be uttered on this show. Oh, not even on this show. Oh, oh yeah, that, that's rough. That's, that's brutal. They have to yeah. deal with camel toes. Oh, <laughs> more like more like moose knuckles. Beyond, we're far <laughs> beyond camel toes. Moose knuckles or camel toes. <laughs> <laughs> far beyond that. Far far beyond that. The stuff, the type of stuff that gets you deplatformed. Like like the kind of stuff we were talking about at uh in the in the secret VIP room at the Palazzo. Oh yeah. Oh, I remember that. Wasn't that, was that the good. greatest that, room ever? That was a drunken couple evenings. I will tell you that. That was you a were drunk. Time. Oh hell yes. <laughs> Marty fell asleep in the room. I was fatigued. Marty (laughs) fell asleep. Drunk and fatigued. (laughs) He literally had, he's sitting there like, he's got it, and he's sitting back in this like really roomy chair like this. He's just like. They were so comfortable. (laughs) Those chairs were so comfortable. It was probably like 3 a.m. If he just moved his glass over like this, he could have collected the drool running from it. Yeah. Recycled. Chacho is a lot of work for anybody who hasn't been. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, too. So it's it it's is, worth it, but definitely worth it. 
Uh, big thanks to the sponsors. This couldn't uh, be possible without them. Our presenting sponsors, Century Arms. Greatly appreciate you guys jumping on board and making Season 4 possible uh, and all the cool, awesome gifts that you're going to be rewarding our listeners with uh, over our 12-episode series here. So, Drew, thank you. No, no problem. Love being on the show. Thank Adam for us. Maybe he'll join us one episode. Yeah, you don't want him on here. He doesn't know anything about AKs. What are you talking about? <clears throat> well, you know, it's good to get the, the Giants' opinion on stuff, you know, as far as you what's the latest and studio. greatest going on. Got to make him feel wanted, you know. He's, he's got a great voice for radio. He does have a good voice. You got to give him a lower chair to sit in. Well, yeah. I just have to adjust the camera. Up just, to the he just sits ceiling. on the floor. It's fine. <laughs> Same thing with Brian. Same thing with Brian. The first video I ever did with Brian, I stood on a concrete block. <laughs> yeah, Brian's a giant too, and he's he's not a small. Not only fella. tall, he's he's thick. He's a stout dude. Yeah, we miss him. So you guys go to Occam Defense. And uh, wish him well, wish him to get better. Uh, so we'll have him back to the for the next episode. Uh, until then, if you've got suggestions for topics, guests that you want us to have on the show, things you want us to talk about, talkinglet at gmail.com. And uh, the only way to win is to listen. You have to participate and listen to win. So be looking for our post on social media, asking for your questions, your comments. Uh, typically do that an episode or a day or two before we record the episode. Um, but yeah, been a great show. Appreciate it. Uh, I learned a lot. So this was uh, one of those things that I didn't know a lot about the VZ 58, but it caused me to deep dive and do some, some research. And, uh, the more I researched it, I was kind of like you curse. The more I started to like the gun itself, I, I was originally thinking this wasn't going to be something that I was going to, uh, really care about or enjoy, but, yeah, it's an interesting gun. It's got a great backstory, great history, and I wouldn't mind adding one to my collection. So one day, maybe Century will start production again. Trust me, if we can find parts kits, we would start tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, remember the foundation that we were talking about, uh, that Century is going to be giving away that limited edition, what is it, the BFT? Yeah, the BFT-47. The and, Josh um, Pallotta yeah. Fund. And uh, you guys can go. Can they go to your website and link up to this? Um, they will be able to. It hasn't technically launched yet. I just okay. was something I wanted to share with the AK Corner listeners because yeah. it's a very AK centric um, thing yeah. we're doing here. But yeah, those those guns will be available for for purchase. You know, here in you know next month. So you'll on be on your them. website. They'll be on our website, not for purchase on our website. You'll be able to view them on our website. But go to your local dealer to find those guns. Okay, and you can go to the Josh Palato. It's J O S H P A L L. Ottafund.org, and you can get more information there too. Absolutely. So, until the next episode of the AK Corner Leadheads, get out there and shoot, exercise your Second Amendment right, let your voices be heard, and uh, go support our sponsors Seal One, Mission First Tactical, Century Arms, Occam Defense Solutions, Factory 47, Defiant Munitions. And typically, the discount codes are Leadhead. If they've participated, so just use the code LEADHEAD. If it doesn't work, let me know, uh, and you'll get some sort of discount at all those places except Century. We don't have anything set up with you guys yet, but we'll do something. We'll get something set up. Well, that's 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 pretty difficult to do when you're talking direct to gun because you can't like really. Well, they've got a they've got a swag and stuff like that shop too. Oh, where people yeah. can buy stuff too from. But yeah, gun gun wise, no, you're not going to get 
The only person I've ever dealt with that we gave a gun discount was um, Nemo Arms. And I don't know if that discount code is still good, but Leadhead or TL10, you got 10% off, and that was any of their guns too. You get 10% off at Nemo Arms. But I don't know if that's still active or not because anyway – Go let them know how All right. Well, I'm going to put in a 10% code at vsordnance.com. At vsordnance? Yeah, at vsordnance.com. I'm going to put it in right now for any rifle. So I'll oh. be the second the second ever discount. Okay, you're going to have <laughs> to fire. You just blew my mind. What are you doing? At vsordnance.com, I'm putting in a 10% discount on rifles only. On our website, so I'll be the only, the second only ever. Nice is the code. Yeah, there you go. I'm gonna do it right now. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you. So, go to. You can't even get that discount on. You v- can't. My people can't even get that discount. VS so ordinance. There you go, leadheads. So go check out Curtis's firearms that he's got there, and he'll set you up. Very cool. All right, guys, that's it. Uh, that's all I got. And uh, till next month, be on the lookout for our next post, and I'll be looking for your emails. Out. <laughs>